Keith Williams from Bucks Fire and Rescue told Three Counties Radio they had to keep cooling acetylene cylinders which could have exploded. Once the fire is fully extinguished, we will then keep water going onto the cylinders until they're fully cool and that can take up to 24 hours. So clearly the fire service will be there uh, putting water on these acetylene cylinders, making sure they're safe before we hand over uh, the property back to the owners. World leaders past and present are joining more than 90,000 South Africans at a stadium in Johannesburg this morning for a memorial service in honour of Nelson Mandela. People have been camping out overnight to ensure their place at the service, which is being attended by nearly 100 heads of state. David Cameron will be joined by three former Prime Ministers, Gordon Brown, Tony Blair and Sir John Major. A former MP for St Albans has welcomed a move to defer any decision on a rail freight terminal on the edge of St Albans. At a meeting yesterday, councillors in Hertfordshire decided to wait until the Secretary of State makes an absolute decision about the development before they agree to sell the land. But Kerry Pollard would like to see some homes built on the site. He says plans from the football club to move to the 140-acre Greenfield site were a non-starter. That's utter rubbish, the football club moving there. I mean, it, uh, even Barcelona haven't got an um, area land as big as that. So, the, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's just a non-starter, absolutely. Insurance companies and pension providers have been heavily criticised for charging high commissions and confusing customers who are about to retire. The accusations are made in a report by the Financial Services Consumer Panel. In sport, Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. It follows this season's domination by Milton Keynes Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel. The weather, dry and mainly cloudy today, but with some sunny spells, a maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Nice, clean, tidy town. A quaint market town. All this week in Biggleswade. People are lovely and there's everything that we need. I like the market square. It's lovely to sit here in the summer. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Ready. Yeah, we're all dancing to the music. Why not? A little boogie at three minutes past six on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including... Do you remember that fire? Hmm? The one at the Woodyard next to the M1 that led to the owners losing their permits. Well, now a new company has come in to run things. Trouble is, the neighbours suspect that they're not total strangers. Oh, and remember that donation that you gave to charity, the one that made you feel all warm and cosy and smug inside? Well, it may have fallen into the hands of arms dealers. And cheap petrol. We may have a problem. It's called waxing. A bit more in a bit. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Who's going to be the first caller of the morning? Is it you? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What on earth are you two Muppets doing next door? I just see you waggling away. Hello? What are you doing? Uh, the headphones were all tangled. So you, you, you just been, you've spent the last five minutes untangling headphones, have you? Yes. 
It's in the job description. Okay, thank you very much indeed. That's the voice of Kelly Betts. So less from her later on. Feeling Christmassy now. Feeling proper Christmassy. Yeah? Should we have it? Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. Christmassy now. Very. Despite the fact I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted because I had my. So I went to bed on my own last night. My wife was out at work. I went to bed on my own. I woke up. My wife was in bed. Lovely. I fell asleep. Woke up. My eldest son was in bed. Fell asleep. Woke up. My youngest. Everybody was in bed, and my eldest son was barking orders to me at two o'clock in the morning, two hours before I get up, going, "Daddy, Daddy, wake up." No, right. You need to give me a, a proper cuddle. You t- turn and face me. He's telling me how to cuddle him at two o'clock in the morning. Turn and face me. Now, put, now let me let me move over. Let me put my head on your arm. You have to do these things properly, though. For goodness, I was going to start getting up in two hours. Don't wake me up to tell me I have to do a cuddle. Turn because I had my back to him because I was trying to ignore him. Oh, I used to hate that as a kid. Well, then you get the cold bit in between the two parents' backs. If you've crawled in, you get what you're given. You get what you're given, Dad, Daddy. Turn, turn. Give me. He calls it a face cuddle, which means I'm facing him. Oh. Give me a face cut. Oh, so I'm a little bit tired. I'm maybe a bit grumpy this morning as a direct result of my child showing me love and affection. But maybe next time you'll cuddle him properly. Yeah, maybe next time you'll, we'll Velcro him to the bed. I think that's the way forward. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now, a year on from a major fire near the M1 uh, at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners may have strong links to the old ones. The blaze at the Wood Recycling Centre at Apps Pond Lane took three months to put out and left its closest neighbours without power and water, forcing many to move out. Its operator had its permits revoked following an Environment Agency investigation. 
And now a firm called Navitas are planning to operate a biomass boiler there. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been to Apps Pond Lane. Justin, who have you been talking to? Ian, good morning. First of all, Apps Pond Lane is by Junction 8 of uh, the M1. And we were there, weren't we, pretty much every single day yep. for, for three months or so last year. Now, the fire itself was in the middle of that site, but, but anybody driving past that site this morning would see this huge stack of wood, which is still there. Um, the locals very concerned about my, what might happen again to this site. I've been talking to Susan Slaughter. Uh, she's a local fire. She's lived there since the 1950s. I met her yesterday, and here's what happened. Well, Susan, we're standing on your farm. It looks absolutely magnificent here, but uh, a year ago, of course, it was a a very different scenario. Describe what it was like living here 12 months ago. Um, We had no water or electricity because the fire burnt down our electric cables. The fire brigade were using all the water, and I don't know whether it fractured our water mains. Uh, We had thick smoke hanging over here. Had a job to breathe. It was just awful. Most people moved out of their homes but you of course running a farm you couldn't do that could you no someone has to be here you can't just leave all the animals and just move away so the wood recycling plant is uh, just up that lane to our left hand side all the wood's still there i know nothing seems to have gone from the wood i think they've chipped some of it they've moved the compost out but the wood is still there and the environment agency are now thinking of letting them take in more wood so a BBC investigation found that the company in charge of that wood recycling plant, they had flouted a, a number of safety regulations in the lead-up to the blaze, and now it appears that, that Navitas, who have strong links to the old company, are about to reopen this site once again. Can you tell us more about that in layman's terms? Um, as I understand it, the Environment Agency are thinking of issuing a temporary licence so that they can take in more wood. But what they're going to do with it, we don't know, because there's no plant to process it and they've still got the big heap there from before. And this is some sort of biomass generator? Yes, it's going to cost about £40 million to build. And the links to the old company, this can be quite confusing, but there are very strong links to the old company. Yes, apparently some of the directors were the same as some of the other companies that were linked to EQ Waste Management, but I understand that the person who was there has now resigned and it's a new chap called Andrew Beck. Who's Andrew Beck? We don't know. We can't find out anything about him. I don't know, you know, how we can stop them. This is all we can do is have meetings and try and stop them, but the uh, Environment Agency seem to want them to go ahead. It's just a nightmare scenario for you, the locals. Yes, it is, because it's just waiting to happen again. They've already had four fires previous to the big fire there. Um, Whether it was combustion or set alight, we don't know. We'll never find out, but that is obviously waiting to go up again. What's your message to the Environment Agency and also St Albans District Council? (laughs) Trying to think of how to word it nicely. Um, Just to do their job and look into things because they seem to be just going ahead with whatever wants to happen up there. I mean, both organisations for years, had they let you down anyway? Yes, yes. We phoned because there were always lorries parked on the road. You couldn't get into the lane. There were fires. They cut our water off five times. But nobody wanted to listen. I mean, would you have a problem if that site reopened, but under completely new management? Would you have a problem with that? No, we've already said that if there was nothing to do with the previous occupants, we would not enhance it, like it there, yeah. but it's got to happen. But how we've dealt, how the pe- previous people were there, they obviously, you know, haven't got any regard for the local residents at all. But again, just lastly, just describe the the fear that you have right now about what could be happening on your doorstep? It's just unknown what's going to happen and it's just 
at the back of your minds all the time that that wood pile could go up again and we'd be the same scenario as we were before. Well, it was a nightmare, wasn't it, Justin, when it happened? It was, you know, for three months. Um, the, the, the people in, in that area, only 13 homes affected, but that's still 13 homes that were affected. A lot of those people did move out. Susan, of course, couldn't. And their lives were were just full of misery for those three months. No hot water at all. I spoke to families with young children. They had to move out. And I think these people have got the fear that, that this could happen again. And that would just be a, a nightmare scenario for, for all those people locally. Well, we have tried to contact uh, um, uh, Navitas several times, but they haven't returned our calls. If Navitas, if you're listening or if anybody knows them, we'd love to talk to you this morning. Justin, very quickly, you're yeah. our musical expert here on the, this show. Kind of, yeah. I have been... I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm being polite. Yeah. I have been playing some awesome music recently. You and have, it's, it's yes. come from me. The Stevie Wonder song this morning, oh, my choice. Fantastic. Now, love I've it. just suggested something that I thought would go down a storm with the team. I got dirty looks. Come on. Buggles, video killed the radio oh, stuff. What an absolute anthem. Thank you very isn't yes. it isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Boy, was giving me boy, what is the what is wrong with you? Oh, it's awful. What? It's awful. It tells a story. So? Justin Selitzer. It's a fantastic record. When you listen to it, it hasn't dated whatsoever. Oh, that, for heaven's sake, no, of course it, it has. That is an absolute classic. When you play that, and again, listeners right now will be saying, I remember where I was the first time I heard that record because it was such, and still is, a distinctive track. Last time I heard that record, it was on the mini pops, and that was all kinds <laughs> of wrong too. 08459 455 555. Let's put it out to the listeners. Do you want to hear Buggles video no. killed the... Yes, they do. Do you want to hear Buggles? No. Yes. Do you want to hear Buggles video killed the radio star? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Say no. there, Justin. Chris in Farley Hill. Yes, good morning, sir. Good morning. I've been told not to use naughty language. Well, that, that goes. <laughs> yes. Well, well uh, I, see, the code of practice was what? Um, uh, no. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. Do you want to hear Buggles? Well, I'll go with that. He's going to go with that. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm I play guitar. I love my little bit of fame. And music. So I'm an ex-alcoholic for six years. That's a good one. Good for you. Now, and, um, yes. it's, it's not easy to get off. It's not easy to what? To get off alcohol. Oh, I th- yes. No, I've it's not. Well done. Congratulations for doing I, it. It's, a, it's an achievement. But I was on two grand a month self-employed, second exempt. Wowzers. But, but okay, sir. all that to one side, I know. you'd like to hear Buggles... Video killed the radio star. That, yeah, that, I remember when videos came in first. Pop videos then, they were, they were innovation then. Exactly. No, no internet, no this, no computers, no calculators. That's how we got through. What's his Twitter? I mean, I'm not up with this technology. This man talks a lot of sense. Getting back on tomorrow. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Still pretty quiet out there, but the cameras are showing that it is really very foggy out there. The M40 and the A1M in particular. In Luton, Airport Way is partially blocked after an accident at Lower Harpenden Road. That's affecting traffic between the town centre and the airport. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice? Yes? Would you like to hear Buggles video killed the radio star? I actually quite like that song. Thank you very much indeed, Alice. Speak to you later. Very, very exciting. It looks like it's on its way. The next song is supposedly Candy by Robbie Williams. That's never getting played. 
Morning, it's 6.16. It's uh, Tuesday the 10th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former owners. New plans for a biomass plant have been put forward. A cordon has remained in place overnight at the scene of a large fire in Buckinghamshire, which started yesterday afternoon. At its height, 40 firefighters were tackling the blaze at an industrial unit in Wing. And in sport, Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. 08459 455 555. Buggles, video killed the radio star. Is it a yay or is it a nay? BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow, as part of our big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks, I'll be live in the centre of Biggleswade. Roberto Peroni. I'll speak to the people who make the town tick, find out about its varied history, and then host a live version of my weekly panel discussion on family and lifestyle. The Big Tour. I'll be based at the old maltings on Church Street, so come down, say hello, and let me know your stories about Biggleswade. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Live from Biggleswade tomorrow from 3 here on BBC Three Counties Radio.
BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, picture the scene. There's a lorry in front of you. You're in your car. You decide to overtake it. You pull out, and then your car suddenly shuts down. Well, that's exactly what's happened to Buckingham Town Councillor John Harvey, who believes he's been the victim of something called waxing. John joins me on the line now. Morning, John. Good morning, John, what is waxing? Well, I believe it's a, it's a reaction whereby the fuel in your diesel tank at a certain temperature or condition uh, condenses out into some sort of sticky material that can then uh, affect your fuel filter. And that's what happened to me. The, the car didn't lose en- energy altogether. It just sort of cut out into a kind of low, a low power mode called limp mode. And what, what, why does it happen? It's, it's because of the changes in the weather, but, but that, that, surely that's, that happens all the time, doesn't it, the weather changes? Gosh, I'm not a fuel technologist, but I imagine there's something, uh, some additive in the fuel, or there isn't an additive in the fuel, which means it sometimes happens. There's no, apparently, there's no particular pattern emerging as yet, uh, but the BBC are doing some research, I understand. Um, and is it, was it petrol or diesel in your car? Uh, diesel. Diesel, yeah. OK. I, I think, I, I do think there's a thing called uh, summer fuel and winter fuel. Now, I'll, I'll put this out there because my listeners will know more than me, John. 08459 455555. This thing about summer fuel and winter fuel. You took it to the garage and, and was it easy to fix? Uh, it was relatively easy to fix, but it cost me £160 to fix. Ouch. Um, but yes, it was relatively easy to fix. They changed the fuel filter uh, and they added um, a chemical to the tank of fuel that was in there to make sure that it didn't happen again. Do you know how common this problem is? Have you heard of anybody else suffering from this? Well, the garage told me when I was there that they'd had about 30 other people in there uh, in recent days and weeks with a similar problem. So uh, I'm guessing it's quite common, but people maybe aren't joining up the dots to know what happened to their car is something that's happening to lots of other people's cars around the country. And did you go back to the, the petrol station where you bought the diesel? No, I haven't been back to the petrol station, but I have emailed the company responsible for that particular fuel and said, this happened to me, I'm not accusing you, because I don't know whether it's that batch of fuel or accumulation of other batches of fuel and so on. I, I generally don't know. But I asked them what, to let me know what specification of fuel was in their tank on that particular afternoon when I bought the fuel. This is quite a worry, isn't it? If this could happen to uh, to anybody, you're just driving along and suddenly you go into this awful... And I, the, the limp mode is a, a, a tedious thing where you can only go quite slowly and you have to go and get your car kind of restarted at a garage. It, it, it's quite worrying, isn't it? Well, it, it, it was, I got... Yeah, I did the usual turn it off and turn it back on again and it then went OK. Uh, it just, I just was unable to accelerate at any great particular speed. I'm not a very fast driver anyway, but... Um, so I was able to cruise on the motorway later on that, that, that day just by taking the speed up slowly. But I knew that if I punched the accelerator, that's when the problem occurred. And did you... Uh, w- was the fuel you were using a particularly cheap brand? Or, or was it just your normal bog-standard diesel? It was a... Well, it was um, a... Diesel is diesel is diesel, as yeah. far as I'm aware. I, I didn't know there were different uh, grades apart from the high-priced ones you get in some garages which are meant to deliver better fuel performance. Uh, it was just an ordinary batch of diesel from a local garage. John, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for flagging that up. John Harvey, Buckingham Town Councillor. Well, have you heard of this waxing? I did hear a little thing about it on Radio 4 the other day. That's, that's why I know that there is apparently winter fuel and summer fuel. Yeah, who'd have thought it, huh?
Now, I don't quite know what that means because I wasn't really listening as I had a screaming child in the back of the car, but... Is this right? There's a winter fuel and there's a summer fuel? Does it only happen to diesel? And has it happened to you? 08459 455 555. Uh, we're debating whether to play Buggles. Video killed the radio star. Um, Wendy in Hearts has texted in. Uh, Ian, no rubbish Buggles record. That's in capitals. That means she's shouting it. Then in lowercase, it means she's calmed down a bit. You have no taste. She's a woman of taste and style. Uh, Catherine... Yes. Leave it. You leave it. No, you... please, no buckles. Come on. It's that, a... That's overstepping things. Well, we've had so far... I'm all for ironic records, but for heaven's sake. So far, we've had Chris Farley wants it, Justin Dealey wants it, and I wants it. So th- we're winning 3-0. Your vote doesn't count. Oh, so... The, uh, sorry about that, Catherine. Your vote doesn't count. very foggy out there on the roads this morning so things are moving a little slower than usual on the speed sensors the A5 past Dunstable uh, southbound looking quite slow and the A1M also slow joining southbound at junction 7 for Stevenage the A414 is closed in both directions between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident so things are a little bit slow around there as well in Luton, Airport Way is partially blocked because of an accident at Lower Harpenden Road. That's affecting traffic between the town centre and Luton Airport. On public transport, there's no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. What are you giggling to yourself for? I was just thinking about fast and smalls. <laughs> We're going to do the papers in a few minutes. If you want to take part, give us a call. 08459 455 555. We'll do that. 
after we get the latest news and sport with Simon Oxley. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC's Three Counties Radio. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the recycling site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. New plans for a biomass plant have been put forward. A cordon has remained in place overnight at the scene of a large fire in Buckinghamshire, which started yesterday afternoon. At its height, 40 firefighters were tackling the blaze at an industrial unit at Wing. And world leaders past and present are joining more than 90,000 South Africans at a stadium in Johannesburg this morning for a memorial service in honour of Nelson Mandela. David Cameron will be joined by three former Prime Ministers, Gordon Brown, Tony Blair and Sir John Major. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. It follows this season's domination by Milton Keynes Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel. More from James Allen. The rule changes announced out of the blue by F1's governing body, the FIA, range from real-world pragmatism to Hollywood. At the real-world end, a cost cap for 2015 onwards is essential for the smaller teams to survive when top teams are blowing in excess of £200 a year. At the Hollywood end is the idea that the last race of the season will earn double points. This is a desperate attempt to keep life in a series like this year, which was dominated by Sebastian Vettel. But if this rule had been in place in 2008, Felipe Massa would have been world champion and not Lewis Hamilton. In football, Stevenage can move a step closer to a Wembley final tonight as they travel to Swindon in the Southern Area semi-final of the Football League trophy. The Borough lost to Swindon in August in the league, but coming to this game off the back of Saturday's FA Cup win and winger Luke Freeman says they need to prepare well. We're not taking nothing for granted. There's a lot to work on in a short space of time, so it's all about recovering well as best as you can. Um, and learning from our mistakes and, and doing doing whatever we can or making sure we're, we're ready for Tuesday night. And there's commentary on Stevenage at Swindon in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. In last night's Premier League match, Swansea and Hull drew one all and both Manchester clubs are in Champions League action this evening have al- having already qualified for the knockout stages. A draw or a win for United at home to Shakhtar Donetsk will confirm them as Group A winners but Manchester City will need to beat Bayern Munich by three goals in Germany to top Group D. BBC C3 Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin at 7. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What are they called? Um, what are those heat clothes? Global hypercolour, because well, people need to know where you're sweating. Well, the lady on page three is wearing global hypercolour pants. <laughs> you see exactly where she's sweating. Theory me. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Bowles here. Morning, Catherine. Hello. We're going to have a little look at the newspapers in a bit. If you want to take part in what is fast becoming known as the uh, newspaper review, then... Oh, wait, Four five nine four double five five double five. No, don't press We're that. Playing that. We are playing it. Public opinion has decreed. You just in and one caller. Chris Farley. Yeah. Yeah. But I had Wendy, who said no. Yeah. So there's you. Texter. There's you and there's Wendy. That's two. So it's three two. So Kelly. Kelly Betts. I can't. I can't. She's on the phone and I can't remember. Kelly Betts told me she hates Buggles. Doesn't. You can't have a vote by proxy. She doesn't even know who Buggles is. She doesn't even know who, I don't know, Bruce Springsteen is. She asked me which panto they were from. So we're going to play Buggles, and oh. you're going to enjoy it. And you're going to press the play button. No, I'm not doing press that. Press the play button. No. Give me a hand. No! Oh, hand. you can't make me! Oh, you made me.
don't do a programme about Adolf Hitler. Drugs, prostitution. This week on the South Bank Show, we'll be looking at the sound of music. Wasn't that wonderful, Catherine? That You're, John's good, isn't he? He is very good. You're booging away there. You loved oh, it. Oh, no, not that. Oh. You love that song. I hate that song. It's awful. Ray in Milton Keynes, you enjoyed that song, didn't you? Uh, <coughs> oh. It's okay. It's okay? <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Once, you, once you've been there and heard it for the real, and then uh, you hear it X number of years later, there's any songs which, you know... Are you saying that Buggles doesn't stand the test of time? Uh, that's true. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a record of its time. Yeah, like Boys, Boys, Boys by Sunita. No, it wasn't Boys, Boys, Boys. Um, that wasn't Sunita. Not Sunita. Uh, Sabrina. Sabrina. Sabrina, who, and um, her, her bikini top fell out, fell off while she was getting out of the pool oh. in the video. But it was an accident. Well, hang on a second. You could have edited it out. I've only just realised. Boys, 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 I'm looking for a good time. I don't know what the message was behind that song. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Very deep philosophy. Right, you've not just called in to talk about rubbish pop. You've actually got a message for the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. The, uh, the big Asda store down in Bletchley has had a little power cut. Oh. Uh, so the main entrance traffic lights are out. Oh. The petrol station is out. Ooh. And all surrounding lights are out. That's not a little power cut. That's a, a medium to big power cut. Uh, and I suggest the MK Dog Stadium, which is next door. That might be out as well, but nobody really cares about them. So. Well, the harsh, harsh words there, but Ray, and of course I can't endorse or condone your, your activity. Can I just say, one of the most exciting things in, in my life, and this is true, to the point where my wife... Uh, you're right. Yep. My wife doesn't get it, and she says, you're weird. I love it when you get to a really busy junction and the traffic lights are out. I find it really, really exciting. What, the mayhem. Well, it's, it's, it's anarchy at its purest form, and it shows that sometimes anarchy can work because those junctions, those crossroads, they work better without the traffic lights. Do you agree, Ray? Very true. Is that uh, you see? You go into London. I'm going into London later on. I've got a job down into Putney. Oh. And if the lights are out on the North Circular, <clears throat> it runs perfectly. People do, in general, have common sense. People, in general, do do the right thing. It's just the odd... Half a percent of loonies yeah. that uh, that don't do it, but in general, everyone does the common sense thing. Right. Thank you very much indeed. I love it when the traffic lights are out. You look lost and wistful. Where are you? I'm thinking about how I could link it to a story I've seen in the paper. Go on. Go on. You do your best. Sometimes technology failing allows us to live our lives. Yes. I move swiftly and smoothly this to is this the Paul story. Hollywood story. No, 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 it's not that one. <clears throat> For, oh, oh dear, I've done it now. There's a cough. From children's birthdays to that long-awaited family holiday, we all want to remember those cherished moments with a photograph. But yeah. if you're one of those people who can't stop snapping, beware, you could end up forgetting it all in a flash. New study. Clever. Has found that taking too many photos may prevent us from forming detailed memories. Oh. I'm going to the school play, um, and I'm going not once, but twice. Yeah. Once with the video camera. Yeah. Second time to just enjoy it. Yeah. 
maybe I should just not take the video camera. Although oh, you always rue the moment the you leave Take the video camera. It. Take the video camera. The thing is, we have we have too many photos these days. This is one of the reasons I got rid of my uh, uh, iPhone and we've got that rubbish old Nokia because it was just full of photos. I had like three thousand photos on it. That's more than my family ever took of my entire childhood. It's stored on a telephone. We don't look at them. We don't put them into albums. So I'm being very selective about the photos that I take. I'm deleting ones that are no good. I'm just keeping the the, the few, and I'm going to get some more photo albums and print them up. You're going to print them. I'm going to print. Wait. Print. Sorry. Where are you going to put these albums? Which I'm going to in in the loft. Your wife just made you sell a load of stuff because you haven't got room. She. And you bought some vinyl. She doesn't need to and know. And now you're doing this. She doesn't. She would prefer it. Well, wouldn't she, Dennis? Uh, no, I don't think so. Sorry. No. What? She wouldn't prefer it. No. We. You've never met my wife. Else. We keep photographs, but we. I censor them. What? Oh, what are they photos of? No, I sense them because I say that's rubbish and get rid of it. Yes, well, that's good. You can do that. If you had, if you had a, a, mob, a camera which just took them automatically, say you went to this um, oh. uh, Christmas do, let that take, and then you could go home and look at it and say, oh, well, a I camera that. that takes photographs automatically. Are yeah. you insane? Have you been smoking more pot, Dennis? I do not smoke. Pot or other. Okay, do you, what, do you drink grass tea? Oh, I don't know what it is, matter. but... That is a different matter. Oh. <laughs> so, but, okay, but we have too many photos, don't we? Yes. And there is nothing better than sitting down with photo albums and going through them. Instead of sitting on your computer or swiping on your tablet, sit down with a big bunch of photo albums and go through it that way. Yes, I've just found an album that we put up years ago, and I've gone through it, and of course it's a lot about the children, which are now, my eldest son is in his 50s, so before long my wife and I will be living with old age pensioners. Well, well, yes, as you will be, yes. So, looking back at as they were... Oh, he does go on, doesn't he? You know, it's it's fun to look back, because I I can also read about various things that they did, which they totally refused to remember. Take a breath. Yes, Dennis! Now then... uh, Was that it? No, I was waiting to t- ask about this woodyard business. Okay, Catherine, you deal with this. Okay. In case it gets litigious, go on. Well, this business say this only they may put up a, a, a bio machine there. They may do. In the meantime, why are they collecting all this wood together? How did they get rid of it before? A whale. Get rid of it, did they? A whale was rescued after getting stuck on a beach yesterday. Yes. The twenty-five foot, twenty-five foot. Minka strayed in trouble. A minka? A minka. Isn't it a minky? <laughs> Do you have a license for that minky? <laughs> Eight rescuers turned it round and got... Oh, I hope they're showing some Pink Panther films over Christmas. I need a bit of Inspector Clouseau. My wife has never seen an Inspector Clouseau film. She's lucky. They are rubbish, aren't they? Oh, f- you I really... sat through them and I used to enjoy them, but they are ridiculous. Do you have a license for that minky? There a, is a bim. A bim. <laughs> Dennis, do it, do it, Inspector Clouseau for us. I can't do it, I can't even speak English, never mind. Go French. on, go on, have a go, have a Just go. Just a net now, kitto. <laughs> Say a boom. A boom. <laughs> anyway, there was a, a, a whale in Wales. What about this? Go Amanda Platel in the mail having a go at Paul Hollywood and his wife for trying again, by the looks of it. By any measure, they looked the picture of happiness. He leaned in for a kiss, a protective arm wrapped around her while she, chin up, had head tilted, responding tenderly. This was celebrity baker Paul Hollywood and his estranged wife, Alexandra, taking their first steps towards reconciliation, one of several dates they've apparently had together recently. She's saying, forgive your cheating husband, you're far braver than I was, Mrs Hollywood. Husband and wife? Trying to get back together, the shame of it. That's your cue, Dennis. 
Yes, well, I, I, there again, I can't argue. My wife and I have been together for 64 years. Uh, I, if something would have happened, yes. would you have forgiven her? Could you have rebuilt your relationship? Yes, because she's she's an innocent lady to start with. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything that I could have moaned about, actually. How does this get in the newspapers? Under the heading Inferno, right? This is a story in the paper. Lunchtime drinkers ran to safety as a kitchen fire gutted the bridge pub in Gamston, South Knotts. The end. That's an inferno, is it? Well, and what, is that any interest to anyone apart from the people that were in that pub? That's your cue, Dennis. When there's a long gap, basically it means you can say something. Oh, I can say something, yes. Well, fair enough. A pub is at the right place with uh, of fat people and alcohol. That's going to be an inferno if it catches light. <laughs> OK. OK. On that bombshell. The pub is a right place of fat people. Is that what he said? Which together make an inferno. Uh, <laughs> well, there's lots there if you want to have a chat about any of it or if you want to ignore it and he move on. He doesn't work for the BBC, by the way. No, no. Unfortunately, we do, although we may not for much longer. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very foggy out there this morning on the camera, so things might be moving a little slower than usual. In Bletchley, Watling Street, we've got reports of a power cut there, which has knocked out all of the traffic lights in the area, as well as the use of the petrol station. That was in Bletchley. In Luton, Airport Way, still partially blocked because of an accident at Lower Harpenden Road. The A414 is closed in both directions between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident. And the N25 anti-clockwise building up between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Gossip, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 6.46 or thereabouts. It's Tuesday the 10th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. New plans for a biomass plant have been put forward. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company, which will mean over 400 job losses in this country. And in sport, Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. We'll be talking about charities and where your money may or may not be going in a few minutes. But before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, as you just heard, Alice saying it is very foggy out there. In some places, it's quite patchy in nature. It's not everywhere, but for the people that have got it, it is fairly, uh, well, it's reducing visibility quite considerably, so quite dangerous. The temperature outside at the moment across the three counties are between two and three Celsius. You may get one area or two which is just slipping down towards zero, so there may be the odd sparkle of frost, but it looks like most of us have hovered above. Now, this mist and fog will eventually start to lift once the sun rises this morning and when it does it will start to break up the cloud as well so that means that uh, we get some brighter spells this afternoon and maybe even some sunshine the maximum temperature getting up to around 8 celsius now we've still got some cloud first thing overnight but that will break up and when it does that's going to allow the temperature to fall but also 
allow for more mist and fog patches to form. It's a bit more widespread than the night we've just had, so affecting more of us tomorrow morning and the frost as well. So coupled together, a fairly wintry start to Wednesday. Minimum temperature overnight, minus one. For tomorrow, that mist and fog will linger for a time, but then it brightens up. We should see some sunshine and a light breeze tomorrow afternoon, so actually it should feel quite pleasant tomorrow with a maximum temperature, again, the same of around 8 Celsius. That's your forecast. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. Coming to towns and villages across beds, hearts and bucks. I like market days on Saturday because it's always a decent market. It's a huge trip celebrating all that's amazing about where we live. I think it offers a lot for the size. Lots of local shops, got everything around you need. All this week in Biggleswade. It's just a friendly little town. I mean, it's quite nice here in the square. People are lovely and there's everything that we need. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Biggleswade everything you need here. I mean, I like the cafes. Local and vocal. BBC Three Counties Radio. Deary me, deary me. There's been accusations of saturation regarding a recent news story. I've just logged on to, I'm thinking of buying a new computer. I've just logged on to the Apple website. Okay. Other websites are available, but the point of this story, it's relevant. Go and have a look at what they've done to the front page of Apple. It's very, very weird. After long enough of being alone Everyone must face their share of loneliness In my own time nobody knew The pain I was going through And waiting was all my heart could do Show me. 
Embarrassing yourself now, Catherine. What? I you're, like the carpenters. What can I tell you? You're just miming like a. Oh, it's, it's awful. I'm, I'm worried about going to this Christmas party now next week. If, Why? If that's if that's what you do at ten to seven on a Tuesday morning. Stone. Well, almost sober. Then what on earth are you going to be like at a Christmas party in the evening? Uh, similar, actually. Probably. But, but worse. They won't be playing any carpenters. This do. Who's in charge of the music? Um, Luke Ashmead. Oh, for goodness. It's going to be Rihanna. Oh, it's going to be... Um, It'll be uh, football songs. Technotronic. Tottenham, Tottenham, no one can stop them. We're going to do it like we did last year. It'll be all that kind of stuff, won't it? We're on our way to Wembley. He likes old school dub. Oh, yeah. <sighs> now, if you believe the headlines, you can't trust anyone these days, and I'm afraid today's spotlight has fallen on some of the UK's biggest charities. Panorama has discovered that Comic Relief has indirectly invested millions of pounds in the arm trade, tobacco and alcohol firms. The programme has also seen evidence which suggests that Save the Children censored its criticism of the energy industry to avoid upsetting corporate partners. Now, both charities deny any wrongdoing, but it's clear that this sort of stuff won't help their fundraising efforts and may put people off giving to any of the big causes who, in many ways, have to operate like businesses. With us now is Ray McKeating, the founder of Bedford Hospital charity, the Riverbank Foundation. Good morning to you, Ray. Good morning, Anne. Uh, are you worried that these, these revelations might have a trickle-down effect for smaller charities like yours? Uh, yes, uh, of, of course, you know, especially with smaller charities, every penny counts. So uh, uh, I do worry more so now than ever before. I suppose what's happening with these, I would imagine, is that um, the money that they're getting is being invested in the same way that, that banks and building societies would invest and that pensions would invest. And some of those investments end up, end up in companies that, um, well, that, that do naughty things, One, you know, cigarettes and, and alcohol and, and arms. Is there anything that wrong with that? Uh, I, I think there is. I, I think, you know, people... Uh put their, their, their hand in their pocket and donate their hard-earned cash. And, you know, uh, from a charity's point of view, it's pretty much gambling with, with people's money. And if it pays off, great. But if it doesn't, <laughs> and, and that can be the case, it, it's, not, uh, it's not great for anyone at all. So what do you do with the money that, that your charity gets? So um, I, I t- took the opportunity to set up an independent charity because I wanted to have full control of how the money was, was spent uh, and raised as well. And we get a, a group of advisors, uh, a mix of staff at the hospital, uh, friends and family, uh, and we, we liaise with the hospital and we see what's on their wish list. And then 
from that wish list will decide how that money's best spent. So you're not investing your money in, in any of these kind of companies? No, not at all. It's just, <laughs> uh, it's just not worth, worth the risk or gamble. Well, while we've got you on, how, let's talk a little bit about Bedford Hospital. How happy are you with the restoration of some of the services last week? Yeah, I think uh, we're, we're definitely moving in the right direction. Um, these are still only temporary measures, so uh, we can't rest on our laurels here and take our foot off the gas in, in any way at all. But uh, uh, no doubt about it that all the hard, hard work and campaigning of all the people getting, getting behind uh, these services has, has brought them back sooner than, than expected. Uh, Ray, appreciate your time. Ray McKeating, founder of the Bedford Hospital charity, the Riverbank Foundation. We've got big statements from the Charity Commission uh, and from Comic Relief. They're too long to, to read in their entirety. I'll I read a little bit from Comic Relief. Uh, eth- ethical screening, i.e. not investing in, in arms and cigarette companies, would have left us unable to meet both our legal and moral obligation to maximise returns and look after the money in our care with an appropriate level of risk. We believe this approach has delivered the greatest benefits to the most vulnerable people well does it make you question giving money to comic relief oh eight four five nine four double five five double five Travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very foggy out there this morning, and it has not helped in Bletchley at Watling Street, where we've got a power cut and that's knocked out all of the traffic lights in the area as well as the use of the petrol stations. In Luton, Airport Way is partially blocked because of an accident at Lower Harpenden Road, and the A414 is closed between Hartford and Welling Garden City. 
Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. So, knowing that Comic Relief invests some of their money in companies that maybe supply arms and things like that, does that make you reconsider giving any money to them? Let's get the news now with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines, residents' fears over St Albans' recycling site. Euro MP says Stevenage space jobs should be safe and world leaders gather for Mandela service. BBC Three Counties Radio. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. A fire broke out at the Apps Pond Lane recycling site last year and took more than three months to put out. Now plans for a biomass plant have been put forward. Local farmer Susan Slaughter has concerns. Apparently some of the directors were the same as some of the other companies that were linked to EQ Waste Management but I understand that the person who was there has now resigned and I don't know you know how we can stop them this is all we can do is have meetings and try and stop them but the uh, environment agency seem to want them to go ahead. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company, which will mean over 400 job losses in this country. Mr Howitt was speaking at an emergency debate last night in the European Parliament and will be speaking on this programme in the next half hour. World leaders past and present are joining more than 90,000 South Africans at a stadium in Johannesburg this morning for a memorial service in honour of Nelson Mandela. People have been camping out overnight to ensure their place at the service, which is being attended by nearly 100 heads of state. David Cameron will be joined by three former Prime Ministers, Gordon Brown, Tony Blair and Sir John Major. A cordon has remained in place overnight at the scene of a large fire in Buckinghamshire, which started yesterday afternoon. At its height, 40 firefighters were tackling the blaze at an industrial unit at Wing. Keith Williams from Bucks Fire and Rescue told Three Counties Radio they had to keep cooling acetylene cylinders, which could have Exploded. Once the fire is fully extinguished, we will then keep water going onto the cylinders until they're fully cool, and that can take up to 24 hours. So clearly, the fire service will be there uh, putting water on these acetylene cylinders, making sure they're safe before we hand over uh, the property back to the owner. The BBC's Panorama programme has discovered that millions of pounds donated to Comic Relief has been invested in shares in tobacco, alcohol and arms firms. The findings relate to Comic Relief's accounts between 2007 and 2009, which the charity has now removed from the public domain. A former MP for St Albans has welcomed a move to defer any decision on a controversial rail freight terminal. At a meeting yesterday, councillors in Hertfordshire decided to wait until the Secretary of State makes an absolute decision about the Helioslough development before they are agree to sell the land, but Kerry Pollard says plans from St Albans Football Club to move to the site were a non-starter. That's utter rubbish, the football club moving there. I mean, it, uh, even Barcelona haven't got a, 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 um, a area of land as big as that, so, the, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's just a non-starter, absolutely. In sport, Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. It follows this season's domination by Milton Keynes Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel. The weather dry and Mainly cloudy today, but with some sunny spells, a maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. There is everything here 
for any individual. All this week in Biggleswade. And everybody knows people, so you always got somebody, if you're lonely, there's always somebody to talk to. I think it offers a lot for the size. You know, I think that's the thing around here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week in Biggleswade. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just been furnished with a cup of Redbush tea, so I'm set to go. Lots coming up on the show between now and nine o'clock, including... Do you remember the fire at the Woodyard next to the M1? It led to the owners losing their permits. Well, now a new company has come in to run things. The only trouble is the neighbours suspect that, well, maybe they're not total strangers. And we're hearing this morning as well about how some charities are investing the money you give them in arms dealers and cigarette companies and alcohol companies. Does it make you think twice about where you donate your money? Have you cancelled a standing order? And cheap petrol. It's called problem with it called waxing. Have you heard about this? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's feared the potential new owners of the Hertfordshire Woodyard, where a fire burned for three months last winter, may not be complete strangers. People living near the imaginatively named Wood Recycling Services on Apps Pond Lane were forced to move out at the height of the blaze. So, as you can imagine, they were relieved when the Environment Agency revoked the operator's permits. But now a new company, Navitas, plans to open a biomass boiler on the site... And residents say the firm's links to the former owners are too close for comfort. Our reporter Justin Dealey spoke to Susan Slaughter, who lives near the site. Um, As I understand it, the Environment Agency are thinking of issuing a temporary licence so that they can take in more wood. But what they're going to do with it, we don't know, because there's no plant to process it. And they've still got the big heap there from before. And this is some sort of biomass generator? Yes. It's going to cost about £40 to build. And the links to the old company... This can be quite confusing, but there are very strong links to the old company. Yes, apparently some of the directors were the same as some of the other companies that were linked to EQ Waste Management, but I understand that the person who was there has now resigned, and it's a new chap called Andrew Beck. Who's Andrew Beck? We don't know. We can't find out anything about him. I don't know, you know, how we can stop them. This is all we can do is have meetings and try and stop them, but the uh, Environment Agency seem to want them to go ahead. It's just a nightmare scenario for you, the locals. Yes, it is, because it's just waiting to happen again. They've already had four fires previous to the big fire there. Um, Whether it was combustion or set alight, we don't know. We'll never find out, but... That is obviously waiting to go up again. Well, I'm joined now by Tony Swindle, who is an independent local district councillor for Redbourne. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. Tony, you're worried about this latest application, aren't you? Yes, I I have a worry because of history. We had the first fire around 2000. That was a big one. We had another one uh, in November 2012. The the air quality up there is is not good when these fires go in, and it spreads spreads all over the place depending on which way the wind blows. So we had the meeting yesterday. I thought it was a good meeting. But as the meeting progressed, it became apparent that the Environment Agency were mindful to grant a permit to Navitas on a basis they could see nothing to refuse it. 
unless there's some legal point that comes in and gives areas of doubt. Do, do we know what exactly what a biomass boiler is? Well, I think it's, it's a boiler that, that's an incinerator. Right, OK. And the list of what biomasses can, can uh, gobble up and, and set on fire is, is absolutely massive. We looked yesterday. There's no, there's no particular one definition of, of, of biomass. It's, it's, it's wood, uh, not, not plastics or anything like that, but basically it's wood-based, but agricultural material and stuff like that, and the list is absolutely massive. So what exactly are your concerns then, Tony? My, my, con- my, cons- my concerns are that, that the management will be like the seven firms that have managed before, and it's, and it's poor management. We've got a big list. Yesterday we were presented with a, with a draft copy of the permit, which is qu- quite, a, quite a big document. It runs into 35 pages. I scanned through it last night, and it seems, seems to cover, seems to cover every, everything in there. But that's just a document. And in the past, the locals have been very, very upset about the Environment Agency not, not uh, keeping to the letter of the law. And that's why this massive fire, there was wood chips, which shouldn't have been there, massive piles of them to set on fire. So unless, if you have, if you have conditions in a, in a, in a document, providing they're policed properly, it should be all right. But that hasn't happened in the past, so there's doubts among the residents that this won't happen. So you, you, you don't have faith in the Environment Agency to manage this new application? Well, we, we've got to look at the future and, and, and learn from the history. And I, I think that they've had enough lessons now that they will take, take special attention to this site. Well, I hope they do for the residents anyway. What about this uh, alleged connection between the previous company that was there, the Wood Recycling Services, and the new company, Navitas? Well, I, I know that the Environment Agency are chasing that up, and I really don't want to become too involved in this at the moment, because it's just speculation. But if there were a connection, would that be a cause for concern, do you think? Well, if, if there was a connection, I, th- I think the Environment Agency would have to give serious consideration to revoking the permit. And just how, uh, I was going to say annoying, it was much more than annoying. How, how much of a problem was that fire last year that, that went on for three months? Well, it was, it's big, any fire that goes on for three months gives off, gives off fumes and stuff going across the motorway. And as I said before, it depends which way the wind blows and everybody gets it. The, the one in 2000 caused real serious problems because it was animal waste and the stench was, was, was awful. This one affected the water supplies, the electricity supplies down to Potter's Crouch, and that can't happen in the, in the society of today. Tony, thanks very much indeed. Tony Swendle, Independent Local District Councillor for Redbourne, 08459 455 555. The Environment Agency uh, won't comment until a, a consultation about the site's future comes to an end next month. We have tried a number of times to contact the new applicants, Navitas, but so far they haven't returned our calls. If uh, Navitas are listening, or if indeed you know anyone who works there, do give us a call. 08459 555. Excuse me, there's a cough. You can have that one for free. We're talking about some charities, including uh, Comic Relief. Uh, They invest some of their money, it would appear, in companies that perhaps you'd be surprised that they invest some of their money in. Arms companies and cigarette companies and alcohol companies. Does that bother you? Those are the companies that give the best returns. They give the best return. So uh, aren't Comic Relief just doing the right thing by putting their money 
into somewhere where they're going to get the most money back. Does it make you reconsider giving to Comic Relief? Does it make you reconsider giving to your charities? 08459 four double five five double five. Helen de Milton Keynes has texted him. As many of the problems in Africa have been caused by wars, investing in the arms trade is immoral. Comic Relief cannot justify this decision. Well, is she right? 08459 four double five five double five. Let's have a quick look at the front pages, shall we? Shall we? Uh, the Guardian. Surveillance is theft. Says who says this? Who says this? Who says this? Oh, some blooming book writers. Authors, as they're known. 500 signatories demand digital bill of rights to curb state abuses. Let's see if... Uh, oh, look, Martin Amis, Margaret Atwood, oh, the, u- the usual suspect. More than 500 of the world's leading authors. Authors? Do we even have authors anymore? Where's it? I'm only going to take notice of this if David Walliams or J.K. Rowling are on this list. If they're not, I'm out of here. Yeah, he's an author. Didn't he write... He wrote, writes kids' books as does uh, J.K. Rowling. More than 500 of the world's leading authors, including five Nobel Prize winners, have condemned the scale of state surveillance. (laughs) The Daily Telegraph. Brokers are burgling pensioners. Watchdog calls for inquiry into excessive profits made by insurance companies selling annuities. 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 Annuities? Annuities? Annuities. Annuities. Is it annual? Kelly? Annual, tease. Cancer lottery is a national disgrace. There's a cancer lottery? Where do you get a ticket from? Oh, hang on. The NHS must end the postcode lottery of cancer care, which makes patients in some areas four times more likely to wait more than two weeks to see a specialist. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, uh, Oh, hang on. I'm chuckling to myself. I do apologise. The Daily Telegraph, of course, home to the uh, cartoonist, Matt. Always has a wry, sideways look at the world. Always sit- <laughs> What has he said today? It is, like- it is very, very funny. He always manages to capture in cartoon form, not the fun cartoons like Top Cat, but in those dry black and white ones, uh, what we're all thinking, but we can't express. Anyway, so it's a picture of two gentlemen, uh, hands in pockets. They're by a sign that says Bulgaria. So oh. they're in Bulgaria. Oh, here we go. I'm going to the UK. This is one chapter speaking to the other one. The other one doesn't say anything. It's just one guy speaking. Two guys there, one guy speaking, the other guy's silent. We can only imagine his response. I'm going to the UK to take a low-paid job that the Brits won't do. I'm going to be an MP. <laughs> How does he think of them? Stop it. Matt is absolutely bonkers, isn't he? He's mental. He is mental, but mental in the good sense, of course. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or you can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. We will do the rest of the newspapers a little bit uh, later on, but it's coming up to a quarter past seven. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M1 southbound very slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead in patches. The M25 anti-clockwise looking heavy between 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. Also between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. The A414 is closed in both directions between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident. And in Bletchley, Watling Street, we've got reports of a power cut which has knocked out all of the traffic lights in the area. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Right, 7.15 Tuesday, the 10th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. New plans for a biomass plant have been put forward. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company, which will mean over 400 job losses in this country. And in sport, Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. Well, hang on a second. It's incredibly dull in inverted commas sport anyway. Make it interesting by having the drivers race backwards and bringing back crashes, please. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Sports Personality of the Year. It's almost like a giant thank you at the end of what is always a very special year. Celebrating 60 years. I loved it when David Beckham won. It was really nice and a proper tingly moment and everybody stood up. And 60 winners. I think my most memorable winner would probably be Paul Gascoigne. He captured the nation's hearts that year. Paula Radcliffe. To see her up there, this goddess of running, a wonderful moment. Who do you want to take the trophy home in 2013? To stand on this stage with the likes of these people, it's incredible. Join you. Claire Balding, Gary Lineker and Gabby Logan for this year's Sports Personality of the Year, live from Leeds. Sunday night at 7.40 on BBC One and BBC One HD. 08459 455 555 if you want to take part on the show this morning. Now, Hertfordshire's MEP, Richard Howard, has been in touch with us to tell us the company which runs Stevenage-based Astrium is planning 450 job losses in the UK. He joins me on the line now. Good morning, Richard. Good morning to you. Richard, how many of these jobs are going to go in Stevenage? Well, I hope none. Um, I, I think you know, and certainly the workforce in Astrium and Stevenage, you know, I've worked closely with the company over many years. They contacted me yesterday. I thank them for that, to tell me about the pending announcement. But what they said to me is that Stevenage remains at, quote, the heart of their, of their plans for growth, unquote. So, uh, and of course, they have created thousands of jobs there over the years, very precious jobs for us. But the parent company of Astrium is making some 5,000 people redundant across Europe. Uh, what Astrium told me, that's going to be 450 in the UK. It looks like that's going to be people from other sites consolidated into Stevenage and two of their other plants. But they haven't ruled out redundancies. And when I spoke with the workforce, the Trade Union Unite last night, uh, after the announcement, they they definitely want more information. And I, there was a, a late-night emergency debate in the European Parliament last night, and I call, called for the fullest consultation with the workforce and their trade union. When do you think that will happen? 
Well, uh, it was announced at a European meeting yesterday. Uh, the the United People from Stevenage have been invited to a meeting in London to, on Thursday, uh, and of course they're anxious to get all the information uh, that they can. You know, this is you know it is rather ironic, isn't it, that on the day that a government minister said that Stevenage was going to be at the heart of a new mission to Mars, that on the very same day the company that is going to be supplying that technology is making these numbers of redundancies. But it makes the point that we need European cooperation. This is, you know, as Jim has said this to me, you know, that European cooperation is vital to them to support their business. And I stand by them this morning as much as ever uh, in trying to back the jobs and back the company uh, uh, in Stevenage. What do they mean by European support? Do they want money? What, what, what do they want? Well, many of the contracts, it's not handouts, but many of the contracts that they bid for are European programmes. So at the moment, for example, uh, the, uh, Europe is setting up its only alternative for global positioning systems. So the systems we all use on our sat-navs in our cars uh, and on our phones, actually a, a key part of the satellite technology that is enabling that to happen is built in Stevenage, but funded by the European Union. And we're talking, uh, when I was with them last uh, a month ago in, in the factory, you know, we're talking about projects which have a life cycle of 20 years plus to reach fruition. Uh, and if you don't have a certain degree of public money and public investment to support that, then, uh, you know, frankly, they're not going to happen. Uh, and there is a new space race between uh, not, you know, who's going to land a man on the moon for the first time, but collaboration to uh, get the new technologies that are going to serve us all. Now, the government minister, Mr Willits, yesterday talked about that and talked about the need for collaboration. You know, uh, surely, you know, we should all see that that collaboration involves Europe. And the company sees that. I see that on behalf of the workforce in Stevenage. And that is ironic that the government make this announcement on the day that thousands of redundancies were announced. How important is Astrium's presence in Stevenage? Uh, beyond words, uh, Roberto, uh, this is a company that uh, has uh, uh, thousands of jobs, uh, is a company that is a company of the future, that it is, you know, the, this is an expanding sector at a time when we so desperately need the jobs. They're also skilled jobs, you know, that people spend many years learning in school, college and university to get that once they're gone, if they were gone, uh, would be uh, utterly irreplaceable. But I just want to, to emphasise that um, although the company hasn't ruled out uh, compulsory redundancies. They're talking about doing this over a three-year period and are hopeful that it can be done through natural wastage. And I know a lot of people listening to this interview will be hearing this for the first time. It was only announced late last night. Uh, and I want to, I'm, I don't speak for the company uh, and I'm, I'm asking them hard questions. It's my job to do that. But I also want to reassure people that they've reassured me that they hope to avoid compulsory redundancies. But it is still a possibility. Well, you know, yes, and we're living through very, very difficult economic times, and it makes the point that we need to back our industry. We need to work with our companies. Uh, we need to invest in science and technology. We don't want to 
sit back and say we can't afford it, the cuts are too strained and all of that. This is just too important. And, you know, if we invest money in the, the space industry now, as I've been working, I've been appointed to, with this specific role in the European Parliament to help develop space industry policy, if we invest a bit of money in this now, it will make a rate of return. It will bring money back and it will bring jobs today and tomorrow. And this announcement from the parent company, Vestium, seemed to be one of our best companies in Hertfordshire and in the region. You know, I think that's a blow. I don't think it was expected. Uh, and it just makes the point that we cannot stand back and do nothing. And that's why I've got involved. Thank you very much for your time uh, indeed. That was Hertfordshire's MEP, Gavin, Sh- uh, sorry, Richard Howitt. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you want to have your say on that. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Richard Howitt, MEP for Harpershire. Let me make sure I get that right. Dennis is in Luton. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, boys. Good morning, Dennis. What can I do for you, love? Charity. Yes, we're hearing this morning that uh, some charities, including Comic Relief, may be investing some of their funds in um, uh, arms companies, tobacco companies, alcohol companies. Does it really make a difference? Well, it, it doesn't fight to me because um, Comic Titles or any other name you like, I don't give anything to charity. Not money, not even clothing. Why not? Why? Because well, not. Panorama, Panorama's explained some of it to you. Well, hang on a second, but you, Panorama was... Uh, when was that on, last night? Or was it on tonight? It's on tonight, oh. so you've not even seen it yet. No, no, it's what you're saying. OK, about... but, so, 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 but why did you not give to charity before what you heard this morning? Because this is the type of thing that's going on all the time with every charity. You knew about this then, did you? You know, you read it every day. Where? You don't, about where, charities. Where, where do you read it every day? No, you, you, well, not actually read, you, you, you're told about it, you hear about okay, it. Okay, where do you hear about it every day? Well, you talk about people up, the, up in my area saying, I'm not going to give to charity. Look what they're doing with it. They're giving um, money to um, arms and everything. Now, this is talking De- about Dennis, panorama. Dennis, Dennis, you didn't know that Comet Relief was giving, was investing money in arms companies until today. No, no, you, so, you, we so, read it, we was told about this last year. Uh, oh, this year, actually. So, OK, so before... You read it. Be- yeah, go on. Yeah, thank you. Before you were told about this... Hell... I, I know it's a hell mess, calm down. But before you were told about this, why didn't you give to charity then? Right, let me give you another... I work for charity. I won't name you... Hang on a minute! So you won't give to them, but no, you no. work for them. What, what kind of state are you in? Hell... Mess. OK, but why didn't you work for them no, no, but you listen, don't give to them? You, so you won't listen to me. Listen, I worked for a charity <laughs> for about four or five years. Yeah. I won't name you the charity. Thank you. And at the end, they had a party. And oh. I said, what's the party for? Yeah. They said, because we've made £97 million profit of that year. Wow. And I asked, how the hell can you make a profit in a charity organisation? Yeah. Because if people's giving money, they're giving it to save uh, people's lives, yeah. to suffer suffering. So how can a, pers- um, a charity make £97 million profit? Yeah. And they couldn't answer it. They couldn't answer my question. <laughs> so well, maybe, they, I- maybe you're asking the wrong... Who are you asking? The cleaner? No, I was asking the manageress at the time. OK, at a party. At a party. You're, you're a fun guy to be with at parties, aren't you? 
No, don't start, because you said something about my name the other day. Uh, my accent. What, what did I say, Dennis? You said it was an idiot accident. Um, sorry. Idiot accent. It's an idiot accident waiting to happen. Well, it's... You remind well, me... You remind me... And I'm just making... You sound like one of our other callers that we have on the show. Oh, Sue? John? John, yeah, you sound like John. Yeah, it's my brother, twin brother. Have you got a twin brother? Yeah. That is bonkers. I've got got a twin sister as well. So triplets? Yeah, yeah. Can I be honest with you, Dennis? Yes? You speak more sense than that idiot brother of yours. I cannot (laughs) stand John. Don't tell him this, will you? But I just think he just sounds like such a muppet when he comes on and talks. Sue sounds nice. Is she hot? Well, yeah, kind of thing, you know what I mean? But uh, I wouldn't have any dealings. I wouldn't let... No, of course... Uh, okay, cause we'll, end, we'll end that there. Your, what, what is your life like, Dennis? Hell mess. Wow. I would, I would get that sorted out if I were you. Dennis in Luton there. 08459. I hope his brother John wasn't listening. Or Sue, for that matter. 08459 455555. Are you changing the way you think about giving money to charities? Comic Relief, it's uh, been revealed, invest some of their money in arms companies and tobacco companies. Does that change things or do you need to be realistic? That's probably how they're going to make the most money. They're going to get the best return by investing in those companies. If you've got a a pension, it's probably invested in an arms company. Unless you've specifically requested it not to be, that's where it will be. That's how it works. Are we naive to suggest that Comic Relief should stop doing that? 08459 455555. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. 7.29, let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 is partially blocked near Caddington Turn by an accident. That's adding to the usual morning delays there. The A414 closed in both directions between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident. The A1M southbound very slow between 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green. And the N25 anti-clockwise heavy between 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. The M1 southbound looking slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the recycling site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. Plans for a biomass plant have been put forward. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company, which will mean over 400 job losses in this country. And world leaders past and present are joining more than 90,000 South Africans at a stadium in Johannesburg this morning for a memorial service in honour of Nelson Mandela. David Cameron will be joined by three former Prime Ministers, Gordon Brown, Tony Blair and Sir John Major. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Formula One is to award double points in the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. It follows this season's domination by Milton Keynes Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel. More from James Allen. The rule changes announced out of the blue by F1's governing body, the FIA, range from real-world pragmatism to Hollywood. At the real-world end, a cost cap for 2015 onwards is essential for the smaller teams to survive when top teams are blowing in excess of $200 million a year. At the Hollywood end is the idea that the last race of the season will earn double points. This is a desperate attempt to keep life in a series like this year, which was dominated by Sebastian Vettel. But if this rule had been in place in 2008, Felipe Massa would have been world champion and not Lewis Hamilton. In football, Stevenage can move a step closer to a Wembley final tonight as they travel to Swindon in the Southern Area semi-final of the Football League trophy. The Borough lost to Swindon in August in the league, but coming to this game off the back of Saturday's FA Cup win and winger Luke Freeman says they need to prepare. We're not taking nothing for granted. There's a lot to work on in a short space of time, so it's all about recovering well as best as you can. Um, and learning from our mistakes and, and doing doing whatever we can or making sure we're, we're ready for Tuesday night. And there's commentary on Stevenage at Swindon on tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. In last night's Premier League match, Swansea and Hull drew one all and both Manchester clubs are in Champions League action this evening, having already qualified for the knockout stages. A draw or a win for United at home to Shakhtar Donetsk will confirm them as Group A winners, but Manchester City will need to beat Bayern Munich by three goals in Germany to top Group D. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin at 8. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly Betts has been rustling through the newspapers. What have you found, Kelly Betts? Well, you never guess what. In the sun... Yes. Page page 18... Yes. Ten things the Queen Ah. has... In her handbag. Let's play Queen Handbag Bingo. Let's play it. If you want to take part, guys, 08459 455 555. There's a million pounds top cash prize. There isn't anything. Right, what do we, how does it work? I don't know. Handkerchief. Not a paper one. No bags of tissues. Oh, she has a proper... Uh-uh. OK, so oh. that's, that's... OK, I'm going to keep a little score here. So Catherine, zero. Ian, three. Whoa. Whoa, hey. Well, huh? you got one wrong, so I get three points. Go. Right, OK. Um, I think now there's a there's the myth that she doesn't have money in her carry money on her. But I reckon she carries money on her. She's got money in there. Ding ding. ding, ding, ding Number one, money. Everyone thinks that she never carries cash, but on Sundays her crisp bag contains five a pound crisp folded note. five pound note. What for collection? For collect for so church if she's collection. she's feeling flush, she'll put a tenner in when there. When she's feeling wow. flush, it has been known to rise to ten pounds. You see, I know, well I know, it. I know my queen, Catherine. You'll go. Um, I think she's probably got in her bag um, a spare pair of gloves. Uh-uh. Oh, Catherine, oh. you don't know. Are you British? Go back, go back to Australia or Swaziland or, or Italy or wherever it is you're from. Why would she have a spare pair of gloves? Because Ugh. the great unwashed have grubby mitts. Speaking of which, by the way, Three County staff, I've lost a blue scarf in the building somewhere, so... We'll keep our eyes out for that. I think she has... I'm going to say it, a hook. <laughs> ding, what? ding. Hey! We've read this. Number two. The, uh, she has a hook. Yeah. The Queen has been seen discreetly spitting into the hook's suction cup before attaching it under a table to hang her handbag on. 
Like, oh. Spitting. You know, you can get... Oh, the, yeah, you, to make it stick. So she, she, that's genius. She carries a hook to hang her coat on. No, 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 her, ba- her handbag. Her handbag. Yes. You know you can get them that you don't have to spit on, Your Majesty. You can just get them that slot onto the table. Is that in case she's listening? Yeah. She often listens. She listens to heart, you know it. Since I took over, <laughs> she misses... Who was the fella that used to do this before me? She misses him. Simon Lederman. Yeah, yeah she yeah, loves we him. All miss him. Yeah, we all do. Hey, steady hey, on. Well. Go on, Catherine. I think in her... Uh, bag. She may have a Sudoku puzzle book. Oh, for goodness oh, sakes. Oh, hang on. Oh. That's partly correct. Well, hang oh. on. Uh, what do we do for this? Give, read out the correct answer. She has crosswords. That's not Sudoku. It's words, not yeah, numbers. Yeah, but it's a puzzle-based game. Words, not numbers, doesn't count. The servants snip them out for her off the papers for her. That's weird, because she could afford one of those crossword books, couldn't she, from a the jumbo news puzzler. agents? She could, totally could afford those. Harry, if you're listening, get your nan the puzzle book for who next buy, Who buys those? People in hospital. I did a lot of word searches when I was in hospital. Word searches? Yeah, I was ten. Word, oh, OK. <laughs> Imagine if you're an adult and you do a word search. <laughs> you can get Sudoku uh, toilet paper. Um, okay, I'll have a go. She, and I've, I've not, I don't know anymore. Those are the only two that I know. She. Oh, so you knew them, so it was cheating. <laughs> wasn't te- they, they were quite obvious, weren't they? Yeah, the hook. Yeah. She has in her, um, uh, in her handbag, um, I mean, uh, women's things? No. That's not, oh, what do you mean? Well, what do you mean? What do you mean? Tell me what you mean, because I don't want to say what I mean in case it's wrong. Well, that's the game. She's in her 80s, Ian. Oh. So what do you mean, Kelly? What do you mean? Well, exactly. What do you mean? Shall I just tell you the women's things that she does have in there? Yeah. She has a compact mirror and lipstick. Exactly what I meant. She's been known to whip it out at the dinner table for a touch-up. Oh, isn't that frightfully vulgar? <laughs> <laughs> and she also... Oh, no, that's, that'll, that'll do. Oh, Your Majesty. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Well, are, you, are we allowed to say that when she was younger she was fit? Are we allowed to yeah, say that? she was beautiful. Oh. She was stunning, wasn't she? She was. Really stunning. Margaret was slightly better looking, wasn't she? Um, Margaret was a party girl. Yeah. I like Margaret. Yeah. But she could be. She didn't have the weight of responsibility on her shoulders. Go on, one more each, one more each, and then we'll, we'll try and find some content for the show. Is this not content? Not really. Mm, okay. I think in her bag she also has a mobile telephone. Well, in case she gets lost... She needs to phone Philip. Uh, uh, oh, that's incorrect. Um, okay, finally, she's got a packet of fags, silk cut, and a lighter, <laughs> so she can spark up whenever she goes. Although she doesn't need the lighter because her security men have all got lighters on, and they've done that thing where they twist the bottom of it to make the flame go really big because <laughs> she likes it. Oh, and she also has a fountain pen. Ding ding! Oh, what a surprise! Does that mean you get three more than Ian? So I've got the way was, the last question gets a bonus three as well. Was fags so right? She mm. has a fountain pen for signing important documents, but never for giving autographs. So don't ask. She gave an autograph once to Did a little she? girl. I remember that little girl who asked her for one. She asked her, and she said, "Okay, as you ask so nicely, I'll give you one." Would you like to know the secret uh, signals that she has? Not really. It's about a handbag, isn't it? It is. She picks it up. She wants to go. If she leaves it open, she's, that means anything goes. If she moves, she's got the headlights from, on. If she no, moves on. it from one arm to the other, it tells her handlers to move in and usher her away. If she puts it on the table at dinner, she's ready to leave in five minutes. I think this could be a phone-in. I've just thought of one. We, we are a bit desperate, yes. Secret signals to your partner. I don't have any secret signals. If you're at a party, yeah. someone comes up to you. This is what, the one I have. Yeah. Although he's rubbish at reading the signal. Yeah. 
Someone comes up and I've completely forgotten what their name is. It happens quite a lot, especially now yeah. that I'm sleep deprived. He come, they come up and I will squeeze his arm and that means introduce yourself. I've completely forgotten what their name is. I know a way out of that situation. I learnt this from uh, Neris. Neris Hughes used to present a pro- daytime programme called Bazaar. And I've learnt two amazing things from this. The first one is how to put a double duvet cover on. Oh, yeah. Do it inside out. Inside oh, yeah, out, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fl- and the flick. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the flick. The second one is is how to get over this if you don't know someone's name at a party. So I'm there with Catherine and I meet... Um, um, I mean, I mean you, the young lady there. Yeah. Right, I've forgotten your name. Mm. What, what is it again? Is that what you'd say? No, what is it for, for the sake of this? It's Kelly. Right, okay, thank you. So That's... I meet Kelly, but I've forgotten her name. Mm. So I, I, the way you do it is you go, oh, great, really great to see you, really lovely to see you. This is my friend Catherine. And then Catherine goes, hello, I'm Catherine. And your name is? Yeah, um... but that's if... Catherine remembers that you don't. Well, okay. Know. Well, Catherine doesn't even need to do that. This I is know my... Kelly anyway, so you okay. Be... Yeah, um, we go way back. Well, that's but I'm so I longer than you. I introduce people to the people who know each other. No, I say this is my friend Catherine, and then you would then fill in the gap, girl. You would say, "Oh, hi, Catherine. My name's Kelly." You fill in the gap. Oh, the pressure's on you to fill in the gap. Oh, I've got you. That's good. So I don't have to do it. So we don't need secret signals. No. Do you not have a secret signal for your wife? Of that? that? Oh. I can sometimes tell by your eyes, Ian, when we're out in public. When you're, when you've lost interest in what that person's saying, you have a sort of glazed look, and I think, oh, he's done, he's done with them. It's usually when they're <laughs> saying a lot of words and none of them are Ian. <laughs> I never use that. I never use that with you though, do I, Kelly? Oh, I've got a, huh? I've got a good phone in. What's in your handbag? Uh. Do you carry a hook? I tell you what, let's do it. There's 08459 four double five five double five. I'm not saying we're desperate for material, but we just spent ten minutes talking about nothing. What's in your handbag, and do you have any secret signals? I don't have any secret signals with my wife. I don't think. I kind of just. Can we leave this party now? It's really boring. I'm saying that the only parties we go to are kids' parties. I tell you what's great about kids' parties. You know what time it starts. You know what time it ends. Boom, the two-hour window. And you can use the. They've sorted themselves defence. I wouldn't use that about my wife. I'd blame it on the kids. But you can do that. You can, um, they, they start at 2.30, they end at 4.30. Ian? Yes? Stephen the Milkman is on Fader 1. He wants to tell you about uh, what he's got in his handbag. Stephen, what's in your handbag? Um, there's things I can't tell you about. Yep. I've got um, a chocolate bar. Yeah. A pint of milk. Why has ye got a handbag? Why have you got a handbag? Why not? Because you're a fella. Uh, so? So no, I've got a man bag. I've got a man bag. No, 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 I've got a handbag. It, 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 it suits my, my complexion. Do you, want to know nice pink. do you know what's in my, hand, my uh, man bag? Go on, tell me. A pair of gloves. A book, about, a book called The Beetle Who Vanished. Uh, a couple of packets of Nurofen. A magazine called Shindig. Some headphones. Uh, a thing, the, the pin sentry thing that lets me access my bank. Some more headphones. Uh, a penny and those metal s- things you put on your shirt sleeves to um, hold your shirt sleeves up and a checkbook. Why have you got two set of headphones? <laughs> you don't want to know, Stephen, where the other uh, set go. Uh, you don't know what happens there. Why do you carry a handbag, for goodness sake, Steve? I just like it. Well, it suits you. It, it suits you. Yeah, and it suits me, yes. The, the ladies are going through their handbags. What's this? What's in yours, Catherine? I've got some post-its for a hilarious game we're going to play for the Christmas uh, festive face-off. Oh. I've got my gloves, Yeah. so I don't lose them. Have you got my scarf in there? No, I haven't got your scarf. Oh, I'll have to no. buy another one. There's only so much man-made fibre I can do with. I've also got an A to Z of London, just to remind me that I don't always want to be here. Uh, 
bad lipstick. Look how, look how big your purse is. It's bulging. I've got a letter here from the fairies. Oh, really? Well, actually, it's to my from my daughter to the fairies. Right. They left it in my handbag. Yeah. Um, and it says, please come home. Oh, that's They sweet. leave when children are naughty. Please come home. And uh, some tea bags. I bet Kelly's got loads of stuff in there, like um, like a pie, like some empty cans of lager, some women's things. What, what have you got in there? I have... Uh, you won't have, like, a compact to make up, will you? Girls don't have that anymore. I've got a mirror. Oh, you have got a mirror. Well I have done. two inhalers. I have an orange. Yeah. Um, my phone charger. My travel card. My gloves. Is this... Is this going to make for the Sony? My keys, my my makeup, my phone. My... Right. If anybody's got anything interesting in their uh, handbags, do give us a call. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This is the thing. We all like to think, don't we? that there's something exciting in somebody's bag. There generally isn't. They're normally very dull. I know Justin Dealey's bag is full of all kinds of goodies that he's, um, can I say, stolen from BBC Three Counties Radio? That's full of stuff. But the, but most people's bags, they're very, very dull, aren't they? Gone are the days when people will keep excited. My mum used to keep a really sharp knife in her bag. Really, back in the days, in the 70s, a really sharp knife. It wasn't for defence. It wasn't to attack... It was to peel apples for me. When I was young, she'd peel apples. I used to, oh, I used to love apple core in one big, long, curly strip. Yes, please. In a wanna. In a wanna. Oh, I love it. You don't get them anymore, do you? No. Oh, wait, four, five. <laughs> Did you have something else to say? Could she make an orange elephant, though? No, she couldn't like make it. Like what I do. Yeah, oh, for goodness sakes. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Let's play this game. What's in your bag? Can we find somebody with something vaguely interesting hidden in there? I'd be very surprised. You can also give us a call as well this morning. Charities. We're learning today that um, Comic Relief may have invested some of their money in arms companies, in tobacco companies, and in alcohol companies. Well... Let's be realistic. Those are the kind of businesses that will give them the best returns. Do you think worse of them for doing that? Or are you realistic and think, well, hang on a second, if they're going to make more money from that, then sure, that's exactly what they should be doing. 08459 455 555. It's coming up to quarter to eight. I'm Ian Lee. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 is partially blocked near the Caddington Turn because of an accident and things are quite slow around there now. The A414 closed in both directions between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident. The A1M southbound is slow through the Stevenage Junctions 8 and 7. And the N25 anti-clockwise is now queuing between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. M1 southbound slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, it's coming up to 7.46. It's Tuesday the 10th of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurance from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company. And in sport... 
Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the World Championship. Any suggestions on how they can make motor racing more interesting? 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather now. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, for some of us, it's rather misty and murky. There's some dense fog patches out there this morning, causing it quite difficult to see, particularly out on some motorways, for example, but also other roads as well, so extra care needed. The temperature outside at the moment is ranging between 3, 4 Celsius. It's likely to rise to around 8 or 9 later on today. Now, once this mist and fog lifts, there's a bit of cloud around, but we should get some brighter and some sunny spells as we head through the course of the afternoon. Overnight tonight, we're hanging on to the cloud for a time, but it will thin, it will break, and that's going to allow the mist and fog to reform. So again, quite dense patches of fog, more widespread as we head through tonight into tomorrow. Also going to allow the temperature to drop, the minimum down to around minus one, so we could be seeing a frost tomorrow morning as well. That's your forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. That's ghastly. It's absolutely disgraceful. Don't talk about morals because he doesn't care about the man in the street. The biggest local talking points. I found out a couple of hours later it was a murder. Over the phone they phoned me up and told me. I don't know why you're pissing on that man. The JBS Show. I feel it's out of place in this country. Let me be really frankly honest with you. Local government and government are doing a good job here. I never call in but I feel so passionate about this topic. The JBS Show. Weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC's Panorama has discovered that Comic Relief has indirectly invested millions of pounds in the arms trade, tobacco and alcohol firms. The programme has also seen evidence which suggests that Save the Children censored its criticism of the energy industry to avoid upsetting corporate partners. Both charities deny any wrongdoing. But does this put you off donating to all charities in the future if you don't quite know where your money is going? Gavin Oldham is Chief Executive of the Share Centre in Aylesbury and joins me now. Gavin, you invest people's money. How easy is it to, to invest ethically? Well, it's, uh, it, it's really a subject for every investor, whether they're an individual investor or whether they're an institutional one, um, as are large charities. And really, it's for investors to sort out what their own investment policy should be. And then when they do their investing, make sure that they keep to it. Uh, now, obviously, I don't know what's been going on in these cases. I look forward to see the program like everybody else. Um, but it is really, really important to actually set your policies. And that's where you define whether you want to stay out of things like defense or gambling or uh, high interest rate lending or pornography or tobacco and those things. And uh, basically, if it is your decision to out of them, then basically you make sure your investments keep clear. What, what is the policy at the share centre? Well, we, we are a straightforward retail stockbroker. We do what our investors tell us to do. 
um, we do provide advice on shares. And uh, if people actually state on their Know Your Customer form, where they, where they actually give us their details to make sure we can give them advice which is suitable for them, if they state that they want exclusions from particular areas, and that's their policy, uh, then we will point out to them uh, politely, obviously, if they come on the line and say, well, look, you know, I, I quite like this BAT. It's done extremely well. Uh, we would point out, actually, that is a tobacco firm. You sure you really want to do that? Because that's actually uh, uh, sort of your policy, one of your excluded areas. <laughs> so what kind, what, what's the difference? I mean, how much more money could you make by investing in an arms company or a tobacco g- company? Well, it's always a matter of debate as to whether uh, companies which are on uh, excluded lists um, because of ethical grounds uh, actually uh, outperform or underperform, um, you know, uh, companies which are not on those lists. But I think uh, as a general um, case, uh, you can say that if you exclude, let's say, 10% of the market, then you're actually cutting yourself out from growth uh, from that particular element of that particular 10% of the market. So it doesn't give you quite the same flexibility. So over the long run, you should expect that there will be some sacrifice in terms of performance, but it's not going to be all that large. In fact, a lot of ethical companies do actually do extremely well, particularly those which have very good corporate governance standards. Comic Relief are saying that, that by investing in these companies that they're doing what they are legally and morally obliged to do, that is, get the, the highest return for the money that's donated to them. Yes, this is um, uh, quite a, a challenge. This is just called fiduciary duty, or the duty that uh, an investment manager owes to its uh, customers or investors uh, behind that. Um, there was a major case which was done about uh, uh, 20 years ago, just over 20 years ago, um, between the Bishop of Oxford and the church commissioners, because at the time, uh, it, it really is quite a, a current issue now, because we're talking a lot about apartheid, and uh, at that time, uh, the Bishop of Oxford felt very strongly, and many people in the church felt, uh, that uh, the church commissioners should not be investing in companies which in any way uh, could be seen to be colluding with apartheid. And uh, uh, there was a major uh, legal case at the time, and the judgment which was laid down has formed the basis for uh, the extent to which uh, ethical policies can actually impact investment ever since. Because uh, effectively what that judgment did is say, yes, it is the fiduciary duty of, uh, of the investment manager to actually do the best on behalf of their clients but uh, or their investors, but they do need to actually keep in mind the values of the organization for which they are investing. Uh, and therefore, it is really, really important to actually think of that. Now, within the Church of England, there's an invest- ethical investment advisory group, which I'm a member, actually, um, which actually works through those policies, um, uh, really spends a lot of time looking into uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the kind of issues which are involved within that and recommends an approach through to the investment bodies within the Church of England. And that's the way that works now. Do you think people will look at uh, Comic Relief and other charities slightly differently now? Well, as I said in the beginning, I, I really don't know what these individual companies have done, uh, so I, I wait to see the allegations mm. like everybody else. But I know that if, if I'd been donating into uh, 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 one of these major charities, I would like to feel that uh, any money which was held pending, which I would hope would not be kept pending for all that long, because people give money so that it can be distributed, mm. not so that it can be invested. Um, so uh, uh, certainly I would hope that that would be invested ethically in the interim. 
Gavin, thanks very much. Fascinating stuff. Gavin Oldham, Chief Executive of the Share Centre in Aylesbury. What do you think? The programme will be on TV tonight and we'll get the full details. But do you look at big charities like Comic Relief and um, all the other ones slightly differently as you realise that actually they may be investing in companies that aren't particularly ethical? Arms companies and cigarette companies and alcohol. 08459 455 555. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Pull up to the bumper delay. Hey, morning, boss. Hello, fella. How are you? I'm good, thank you, J-Dog. Now, we've been talking about the Queen's handbag Mm. today. She has a hook in there. Did you know that? Very, very bizarre, isn't it? Why would you carry a hook with it's you? It's a suction hook that she spits on, then right. she sticks it under a table, <laughs> and she hangs her handbag on it. Weird, isn't I know, it? but weird, but brilliant. Yes. Uh, and We're talking about our bags. I've got a man bag that's full of junk, but you you are the king of bags, Justin. You have this big brown leather kind of holdle mm. that is just... I, I've, I've only glimpsed in it briefly and uh, as I walked past, and it was it, it seemed to have everything. In, it's like Sport Billy in there. Ian, can I be honest with you? I've stopped using that bag, and do you Whoa. know why? why? Because I was getting sick of people saying to me, what's in the bag? Oh. So you used to open up the bag and show people... Yeah. Paperwork, microphones, headphones, uh, biscuits, cigarettes, and all sorts of bits and bobs. So I don't take the bag out with me anymore because I was getting bored of people saying, what's in the bag? Well, Justin... Mm. What's in the bag? Well, do you not have any bag at all now, then? I just, I literally, I go out now and I carry some paperwork and a microphone and that is it. Wow. I don't carry any bags with me anymore. Uh, well, but then what do you do with your stuff, then? I literally just carry it. I literally chuck it into the car wow. and away I go. I mean, the, the, the bag, to be fair, was a bit big. You know, for, for, for what I was carrying, yeah. it was like I was going away for a week or so. Yes. So uh, the, the bag is upstairs. It, it's in my drawer. If you're, more than, you're more than welcome to go and rummage through my drawers and, and see what you can find. But the bag is still in the building. OK, all right. Would you, would you do us a favour this morning, J-Dog? Mm, Could you go up yeah. to, uh, to women, and indeed gentlemen, and just have a little route around in their bags? Can we find something yes. interesting, please? Well, there's a lady just walked past with a very small bag. What, what's in your bag? No, she's ignored me. But uh, I think yeah. it could be an interesting morning. Yes, sir. Before nine, I shall uh, certainly report back to you in on uh, what women have in their handbags. To uh, many women, of course, that is uh, very mysterious, and I, they probably won't reveal that information. I suspect most women will have the same attitude. You, um, lots of men carry bags now, the, the, the man bag yeah. phenomenon. But I remember <laughs> 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, men didn't. Most men would carry um, a, a briefcase, mm. or if you needed to carry stuff around, you'd have like a Tesco's carrier bag. And you put it in that, but now I know, I know, because it was. See, I remember, I remember being at school, and we had uh, some French uh, children over. Uh, Well, they had the rucksacks, but they also loads of the French boys had handbags. (laughs) Oh, for good, like proper little purses and handbags. Was was Stephen phoned you twenty minutes ago? He's got a handbag. Why has a man got a handbag? I'm sorry, but that is just strange. And another thing, men walking around with bum bags. What's that all about? Do you know what I saw for the first time um, two days ago? Uh, that I hadn't seen for years. Someone with, um, like, an attachment on their belt put their mobile phone in. <laughs> Do you remember those? They were good. And bum bags, yes. No, I never, I never got the phenomenon of a bum bag. Even abroad on holiday, I would not resort to wearing one of those. But it's when you go on these trains as well, Ian. You, know, you go on a rush hour commuter train, all the men, they've got their man bags, they're trying to be trendy. Probably nine out of ten of them have absolutely nothing in that bag. They're just trying to look cool. And that, in my opinion, is wrong. Daily, go and find out what's happening. 
I will do. Good luck. There we go. Justin Dilly. If you see a tall blonde man um, with his shirt way too low, um, then uh, and he asks you to look in your bag, then please do uh, do be kind and let him have a little peek, please. Has anybody got anything interesting in their bags anymore? It used to be the great mystery. What was in somebody's bag? And now it's all just... It'll just be tablets, won't it? And I say tablets, I mean the swipe, swipe, not the gulp, gulp things. That's pretty much what it's going to be, isn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. One morning we'll play the game, what's in your bedside table? That's when it starts to get a bit interesting. That's when it starts to get a little bit... Look, you're thinking. That's when it starts to get a little bit... Um, you know, interesting. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Of course, you can send me an email if you want. Oh yes, all up to date here. Ian dot Lee I A I N dot L E at BBC dot co dot UK. It's coming up to seven fifty nine. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got reports that the A4146 is closed between Dagnall and Hudnall Turn after an accident. The A414 is still closed in both directions between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident. And the A5 partially blocked near the Caddington Turn because of an accident as well. The A1M southbound still looking slow through the Stevenage Junctions 8 and 7. And the N25 is queuing anti-clockwise between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. M1 southbound slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We'll take more of your calls and texts after the latest news and sport with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines. Residents fears over St Albans recycling site. Euro MP given assurances about Stevenage Space Company and man due in court over death at Bedfordshire supermarket. BBC Three Counties Radio. A year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. A fire broke out at the Apspond Lane recycling site last year and took more than three months to put out. Now plans for a buy biomass plant have been put forward. Local farmer Susan Slaughter has concerns. Apparently some of the directors were the same as some of the other companies that were linked to EQ Waste Management but I understand that the person who was there has now resigned and I don't know you know how we can stop them this is all we can do is have meetings and try and stop them but the uh, environment agency seem to want them to go ahead. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company which will mean over 400 job losses in this country. Mr Howitt told Ian Lee exact details are still unclear. It looks Looks like that's going to be people from other sites consolidated into Stevenage and two of their other plants, but they haven't ruled out redundancies. And when I spoke with the workforce, the Trade Union Unite last night uh, after the announcement, they they definitely want more information. 
The Bedfordshire man is due to go on trial today, charged with manslaughter after the death of a 64-year-old in a row over a dis- disabled parking space. 65-year-old Alan Watts is accused of killing Brian Holmes, who was knocked to the ground during a confrontation in the Asda car park in Biggleswade in August. David Cameron has arrived at the South African football stadium where a memorial service is being held for Nelson Mandela. He's among four British Prime Ministers attending the event in Johannesburg, with John Major, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown also among the guests. David Cameron says it's right he's made the journey to be there. I think it's very important to show our respects and to say goodbye to a remarkable man, a remarkable man who did extraordinary things here in South Africa, but who's also been such an inspiration to people across the world. It was an enormous honour to to meet him and to talk to him and to be here today and to feel this atmosphere, I think will be a a remarkable occasion. A 29-year-old man has been arrested on suspicion of arson after a fire at a fast food takeaway in Aylesbury in the early hours of yesterday morning. The blaze in the high street led to 16 people, including three children, being evacuated from nearby flats. The BBC's Panorama programme has discovered that millions of pounds donated to Comic Relief have been invested in shares in tobacco, alcohol and arms firms. The findings relate to Comic Relief's accounts between 2007 and 2009, which the charity has now removed from the public domain. In sports, senior officials from five leading sports will attend a summit meeting with the government on how to tackle match-fixing. Executives from the governing bodies of football, tennis, cricket, rugby union and rugby league are among those attending. The weather dry and mainly cloudy today, but with some sunny spells, a maximum temperature 10 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. We're coming to towns and villages all across our counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Town the market, but then that's been here for years. There's always somewhere to go and plenty of places to move. All this week in Biggleswade. There's everything you want here, really. It's clean and nice and pleasant and quite cheerful. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. One more hour to go and then JVS comes in and takes over. Lots coming up, including... Remember the fire last year at the woodyard next to the M1? Well, it raged for three months and it led to the owners losing their permits. Well, now a new company has come in to run things. The trouble is, the neighbours suspect that they're not total strangers. charities as well this morning. Do you give to charities or have you stopped? And if you have stopped, why? We're hearing that Comic Relief may have invested some of their money in arms companies and tobacco industry and and alcohol. Well, they'll get a good return on that. They'll make more money. Do the ends justify the means? turned you off charities is it annoying phone calls people knocking at your door chuggers and also what's in your handbag i know i know i know facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr you can send me a text 08459 455 555 you can email me ian.lee at bbc.co.uk Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Leslie is in Northampton. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. Leslie, what, what, what's in your handbag? <laughs> you oh. ready? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, go on. I've got a torch. Yes. I've got two purses. D- two purses? Well, then you've always got some money in one if you haven't got in the other. It's just the way I am. Well, so, hang on. Your, your th- the theory behind having two purses is you've always got some money in one if you haven't got any money in the other. Yes. That's bonkers. Carry on. <laughs> yes. Uh, glasses. Yes. Inhalers. Y- yes. I've got a peppermint mouth spray. A what spray? A peppermint mouth spray. Oh, OK, nice. You've got, yeah. you got sm- bad breath. Well, <laughs> no. I've said I have. So. Oh, dear. OK. Hand <laughs> cream. Yes. Tissues. Yeah, of course. I've got a metal wallet with some my cash cards in. So hang on, so you've got two purses and a wallet? Yes. Double bonkers, yes, carry on. <laughs> uh, two chocolate bars and Weight Watchers. Wonderful. I always replace them if I've eaten them as well. Of course, of course. Uh, Morrison's um, Christmas card vouchers. Yep, lovely. My phone. Yep. Afro comb. Yes. A nail file. Have you got an afro? No, 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 it's it's just curly hair and it's, I just have it with me. Okay, so afro comb but no afro. Yes, carry on. <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> a nail file, a dress book. I've got Tesco's and Sainsbury's vouchers. Yes. Which I always forget to get out. Of course. I, oh, what? I stopped doing the vouchers because I'd always forget to get them out. Yeah, I do too. Annoying. All right, yes, go on. Uh, two fold-up bags. Yep. Paracetamol. Uh. A rescue spray. Whoa. Old shopping list. Because mm. I haven't done it. Yes. I've got a gadget tool. It's um, uh. a tool that folds out like into different things. It's in a little... Okay, what we would call a Swiss Army knife back in the days. Yes, right, got okay. a knife, screwdriver and all that lot. Yes. Um, lotto ticket, uh, bank statement, ah. and I've got my bells. I forgot about those. Your bells? Yeah, I got them from the police thing to, to, to remind me to zip my bag up a lot because I tend to forget just lob it over my shoulder and uh, forget about it. So hang on a second, the bells are in the bag to remind you to pick up the bag? No, no, no. What? To, to remind me to zip it up. Okay. Yeah. How do they remind you to zip it up? Well, they don't always. Well, no, exactly. It's a gadget, isn't it? Leslie, how big is this bag? It sounds like the size of, of, of my car. No, 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 no. Honestly, it's not. It's just a shoulder bag with owls on it. Wow, with and owls. I, I don't always check that one out. I usually have different bags each time. So. Now, you girls do this, don't you? you have, I've, I've got a bag, and, and the bag is purely functional, but you girls use it for fashion accessories. No, because if anybody wants anything, they usually say, Leslie, have you got a Sony handbag? Oh. Nine times out of ten, I have. Leslie, have you got an Afro comb? Yes, I have, yes. <laughs> that, do, you never, do you ever leave your bag lying around? No, no, no. No, you can, couldn't do that. No, okay. it's usually on my shoulder or on the on me grandson's pushchair. Now the thing is, Leslie, do you uh, do what the Queen has? Do you have a hook in your bag? No. Sounds that's not a bad idea, is it? Well, I never thought of it actually, but like I said, it usually goes on the back of a chair or yeah. on pushchair or. Leslie, I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. Absolutely bonkers. I'll give you that. Two purses and a, a wallet, just in case one of the purses doesn't have money in, then there'll be money in the other one. Just put more money in the first purse. The first. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give me a call. Now, a year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to the old ones. The blaze at the Wood Recycling Centre at Apps Pond Lane took three months to put out and left its closest neighbours without power and water, forcing many to move out. Its operator had its permits revoked following an environment agency investigation and now a firm called Navitas are planning to operate a biomass boiler there. The trouble is the residents fear the new owners may have connections 
with the old ones. Well, our reporter, Justin Daly, has been down to Apps Pond Lane. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. A place, of course, you're very familiar with, as you were there uh, virtually every day last year when it, this fire was raging. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by a junction eight, of course, uh, of the M1. It was uh, a raging fire for, for three months or so. I've been talking to one of the locals there, Susan Slaughter. Uh, she said a year ago that she had no water, no electricity, there was thick smoke. Uh, she had uh, problems breathing there as well. And she told me for years the Environment Agency and St Albans District Council have let the local residents down. Yes, we phoned because there were always lorries parked on the road. You couldn't get into the lane. There were fires. They cut our water off five times. But nobody wanted to listen. I mean, would you have a problem if that site reopened, but under completely new management? Would you have a problem with that? No, we've already said that if there was nothing to do with the previous occupants, we would not enhance it, like it there, but it's got to happen. But how we've dealt, how the previous people were there... They obviously, you know, haven't got any regard for the local residents at all. Just describe the, the fear that you have right now about what could be happening on your doorstep. It's just unknown what's going to happen and it's just at the back of your minds all the time that that wood pile could go up again and we'd be the same scenario as we were before. And we, it, it had a huge impact, didn't it, Justin? We heard mm. about uh, people who couldn't sell their property, people who didn't have water or electricity. It, it was a nightmare. It was. You know, Susan couldn't move out of her home. Most people that we spoke to had actually moved out of their homes because they had no water, they had no electricity, and then these people had uh, small children in their family as well, so they had an option but to go. But, but of course, with Susan running a farm, she had to stay put. It was, um, it was a horrible time for her. It was a horrible time for the locals. And, of course, what they fear is that this could happen again. That's their big fear right now, and they would try and do everything they can to, to stop this move going ahead. As you mentioned there, We've got no problem with this site reopening. What we don't want, though, is the site reopening with any connections whatsoever to the old company. The site itself, the fire was in the middle. That wood has been removed. But but anybody driving past Apspon Lane in St Albans will see that on the edge, these huge piles of wood, Mm. they still remain there. They should have been removed months ago, but they are still there, Ian. Justin, thank you very much indeed. I'm joined now by St Albans MP, Anne Mayne. Good morning, Anne. Morning. The, the links between the, the previous company and Navitas, do, do they concern you? Well, it, it's a very interesting development, if that's the case, simply because um, your journalists appear to have uncovered it when uh, the Environment Agency was supposed to be looking into it. And um, speaking to them yesterday, they seem to be unaware that there may be links because this was something that was made very, very clear at the time. I mean, this family, and obviously it's not everybody in the family, but certain members or people connected with the family uh, have some form, unfortunately, in um, badly managing sites and have had prosecutions in other areas, not just St Albans. And this was something that was made very clear at the time. One, nobody had any confidence that they would clear the site, which was what they they were supposed to do, the Luxembourg family. Uh, needless to say, they declared themselves bankrupt and did not do what they did, supposed to have done in terms of clearing the site. Uh, the owner of the site did comply with the Environment Agency and it, uh, has been removing the wood slowly. But even I was there, oh, cracky, just about a month ago um, with a, a BBC a news reporter because so much wood was still very close up to the pylons on the site. And indeed, there was concerns about fire from the electricity providers, that the, the wood was far too near the site. So only that's recently moved. So it's been very, very slow progress to get the site even, in my view, safe. 
Now, the Environment Agency said they were doing the absolute damnedest about, say, a few months ago to look into who would potentially be owning or running, uh, running this site. But as they pointed out, just because you have one rotten apple in a family, you can't assume the next person that comes along is a rotten apple. But you can understand, given the history, residents really have very little confidence in this uh, scenario where maybe a new director or a new person pops up to front it, but the same old team are in the background. And we passed on this information, which I'm so pleased you've uncovered, um, to the Environment Agency yesterday, which they said they were now looking into. So... We've got to sincerely hope that they're doing far more thorough checking than they appear to have done up until now. Do you have faith in the Environment Agency, Anne? Oh, I didn't have. Um, Put it this way, we had to get a series of high-level meetings uh, because they did admit that over the years this site had been badly managed. I mean, anyone that drove past it could see the mounds of wood were far in excess of the permission for the site, and complaints were regularly made. And it seemed nothing was done regularly. The, uh, the, the, the person fronting the site, which was the Lupson family, were just being, they were fobbing the environment agents off and just being allowed to proceed with, with slaps on the wrist. And it was only when the whole thing went up. At great inconvenience, I might say to some of the motorists who were caught up in the whole smogging thing mm. for days, they couldn't drive past the site. I mean, the air pollution drifted far and wide. Um, it was only then that actions were taken, and even then they had to be given time to rectify manners, when it was plainly obvious they weren't going to. And as I said, they've done this before, this family, and um, have been prosecuted for it. So it's not as if there isn't something to go on in terms of a line of concern. And, and it's very worrying if anyone else is simply allowed to front the organisation, and which is why I'm seriously thinking now that the Environment Agency needs to be showing us all the information they've got, because if a journalist can find it, then certainly they should be able to, unless they can't, in which case are they fit people to be running a site like this. And I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. St Albans MP and Main 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We had a call from David about the M1 southbound where there are two lanes blocked between the Newport Pagnell services and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes after an accident. There are long queues building on the approach there. Southbound on the M1, things still slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. The N25 anti-clockwise is queuing between 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Had a call from Sophie who's in Watford. The roads surrounding the A41 at Hunton Bridge looking extremely busy. If you have any information on that then do let us know the a414 is closed in both directions between hartford and welling garden city after an accident making things a little bit slow public transport has no reported problems this is alice glossop bbc three counties radio alice thanks very much 8 16 it's tuesday the 10th of december i'm ian lee these are your headlines on bbc three counties radio a year on from a major fire near the M1 at St Albans, people living next to the recycling site suspect its potential new owners have strong links to its former operators. New plans for a biomass plant have been put forward. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company, which will mean over 400 job losses in this country. 
In sports, senior figures from five leading sports have been asked to attend a government summit later today following allegations that professional footballers were willing to take bribes in return for getting booked or sent off. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tonight, it's all about the letter S. Can Stevenage slay Swindon in the Southern Section semi-final of the Johnston's Paint Trophy? Here come the Borough again. Moraes over on the far side onto his right foot. Hopefully, it's all about shots, screamers, scoring and... Celebrations. Celebrations. What a finish that was to a fantastic Stevenage move. Listen to the whole game live in Three Counties Sports. Tonight from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Did Luke Ashmead write this? Oh, uh, we'll never refer to that story ever again. No. You had a busy day yesterday. Yes. <laughs> Fun times. Oh, yes. How are you this morning? You're right. Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. Are you yeah, all right? I'm tired today. Tired. I, had all the, some, I woke up at various points in the night and there were more and more people in bed with me. The whole family ended up in there. What? No, it wasn't like that. First of all, my wife came in late from work and she, she was, I woke up, she was in bed. Oh, okay, that's nice. Then I I, you slept in separate beds. Well, you know, sometimes. <laughs> oh. Steady. And then, and then I woke up, my <laughs> eldest son was, was next to me and then I woke up again and my youngest son was there. They all got into bed, I don't know how. And I, I'm up at four. At two o'clock in the morning, I don't want a, th- a boy who's nearly four saying, Daddy, Daddy, wake up. I need you to give me a cuddle. No, t- don't, no, look at me. Look at me and put your arm, put your arm, Daddy, put your arm there. He's ordering me out to give him a cuddle at two o'clock in the morning. And I'm thinking, I'm up in two hours, sunshine. Sort it out. Can't you, you know, lock them in a cot or something? You're, now, interesting, you're not allowed to do that anymore. What? No, you're not allowed to do that. They've, they've oh, changed the rules. Gosh. They're taking away the fun from everything, aren't, aren't they? they? Just awful. So, well, so now you have to have your children in your bed with you. It, I do. I do enjoy it. I do like. And uh, at some point, they'll be too old for it. And you know, you'll try to get my <laughs> a bit creepy. Try to get my, 14. my 14, 15 year old son in there. Come on, give your dad a cuddle. Dad, get, dad, get off. I don't want to get off. <laughs> so it's quite nice. But I just do. You'd think when I'm, I've got, I'm up in two hours' time. Please don't tell me how to give you a cuddle, son. No, leave it. No, I think save all of this until you're off yeah. over Christmas. And then cram you, it all in. You know, yes, you can cuddle every night then. Yeah. But when you've got to be up for a breakfast show, yeah. that's you know, you can't cope with that. The other thing, my two-year-old was waking me up. Daddy, 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 cat, cat. The cat was on the bed. Yeah, I know the cat comes on the bed quite often. This sounds hideous. Yes. Daddy, daddy, cat, cat. This truly sounds absolutely hideous. <laughs> I go berserk if I'm woken at all in the night. <laughs> you kind of just have to, you know, suck it up. Okay, fine. Okay, right. fine. Yes, lovely. There's a cat. Yeah, back to sleep. <laughs> Daddy, cat, cat. Yeah, OK, back to sleep. Anyway, enough of my problems. It's a miracle you're not a lunatic. Isn't it just, isn't, isn't it? it? What's on your show today? Coming up on the big phone-in today, how are house prices affecting your family? The Royal Institute mm. of Chartered Surveyors say house prices are likely to increase further next year. A separate forecast by mortgage lenders also suggests borrowing will increase in 2014. The Office for Budget Responsibility expects house prices to rise by 5.2% in 2014. And 7.2% in 2050. So prices are going up and up and up. 
And it's becoming more and more difficult for anybody to buy anything. Do you know, I heard a story the other day. I mean, I guess we can we can all sleep a little easier in beds, hearts and bucks, knowing that our prices aren't as ridiculous as some of, some of them are in London. Oh, it would be crazy. Got some friends who have just bought a house in Richmond. Yes. Now, I used to live near Richmond. Very nice. Beautiful yep. part of London. Very, very beautiful part of London. They bought a three-bedroom, terraced house with no parking. Yep. How much do you reckon? Oh, it, in Richmond, you're going to be uh, 700,000? 1.5 million pounds. Lippinek! For a, a three-bedroom terraced house with not even a driveway or anything. That is mental! That is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Wow, but, OK. But here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks, prices are getting ridiculous as well. Yep. I mean, how on earth is anybody supposed to, to... Never mind getting on the ladder in the first place, but when you then want to... Let's say you've managed to buy yourself a, a two-bedroom flat or something like that. You're yep. a young couple, you get together, you buy yourself a flat, and you then start thinking, well, let's try for a family, let's, let's move to a family house. Yeah. You know, that leap now between a, a flat and, say, a three-bedroom semi-detached house with a driveway and a little garden... It's becoming uh, completely unmanageable. Yep. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yep. What on earth are people supposed to do? I'll be honest with you. All of my friends who have moved house and have taken that leap from kind of their first property to something a mm. bit bigger, they've all had to have some help from their parents. Yep. Without parental help, there's no way they could have done it at all. Yep. But I just wonder what happens if you, if your parents don't have any spare money to be able to kind of say, oh, have an, uh, here's £20,000, mm. have a bit of inheritance early. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? You're stuck. It's, it's terrifying. From nine this morning, I want your views and your experiences on this. How are house prices affecting your family? Have you had to lend your children some money in order to help them buy that family home? Have you had to borrow some money from your grandmother or your grandfather in order to get your foot on the ladder? 08459 455 555. How are house prices affecting your family? It's the big phone in at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. That maybe comic relief have uh, invested their money in arms. I've even had an email from my mother in law. This is an email from my mother in law telling me and my entire family about this, isn't it? We're talking about it on the show today. She, she writes, Is anyone honest out there nowadays? They're all there for the money and profit to benefit from others. They should be ashamed. That's my mother-in-law. I've, I've cleaned up the English a little bit because she, she is Greek, so it doesn't always quite um, make perfect sense. We've got some uh, text in on this as well. Motability are a charity, but the CEO earns £1 million in pay, says Stuart from Tring. And uh, Johnny says, I stopped donating to charity because you do it once, you get endless calls asking for future payments or direct debits. I think we're a bit naive about how we look at charities. I did some work experience at a charity once. A leading charity, a great cause, something that a lot of people give to, and I was quite surprised at how much the executives earned. But then again, how much they earn the charity yeah that's the that's that's the thing if if they're earning their money back then good for them and the thing is as well that it's massively competitive at the moment you have to run it like a big business you have to be hugely kind of corporate about the way you deal with things otherwise you just get lost in a sea of different causes i have done uh, events for charities i have been booked as a turn to host like auctions and things for charities i've been paid and i've been paid very very well and the first time i did it i said is it, is it right i'm getting a few thousand pounds to be hosting an event for this and it was like yes this this is this is how it works this is we will make more money 
than we are spending on this event, and that's what it's all about. I think we're just a little bit naive about how we think if we put a pound in someone's charity pot, that's where it's going to go and that's where it's going to stay. Bill has uh, emailed in, I may be a bit thick, but I always understood that money given to charity went to the subject of that charity. Example, money raised for cancer research went to cancer researchers. If charities have spare money to invest, why do they continue to fundraise? Also, chuggers and furiate me. Chug- chuggers are a whole different world, and they deserve to be, um, well, they deserve to be pushed in front of a bus. I'm not saying do it, but really, I mean, the chuggers. I oh, find them less offensive than the ones that knock on your door. Because they want you to sign up to a direct debit. That's a commitment that you must take seriously yeah. and make with a cold head. Yeah. Is that such a thing? Yes. You, yes, you can have a cold head. I don't just give to the charity that visits me most. I wouldn't... If, if, listen, if anyone's going to knock on my door, I ain't buying nothing from no. you or signing up to nothing. But I do... The thing I hear about chuggers, OK, is they go for the handshake. Never touch the hand of a chugger because they won't let go of you. And they're always that over-friendly, hey, 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 just a second. And then what they do for me is they go, hey, TV man, TV man, oh. come and uh, jog on, fellas, jog on. They're kind of drama students, aren't they? Yeah. That's what it, it feels like. You're paying it? their wages. I recently cancelled my direct debit to a charity that oh. I'd had for about ten years. Yeah. Children's charity as well. How oh, heartless are they? That's cold. Why? You've got a cold head. Because they, they rang me up because I'd bought some Christmas cards the year yep. before. They gave me a big spiel. Hi, um, is that uh, Catherine? Yes, it is. Oh, hi, my name's Steve. Let's just say Steve from such and such charity. Let me tell you about Michael. Now, and then he told me this really long story about this poor child and your heart really bled. And I thought, where's this leading? And he said, I'm just wondering whether you might make a donation every month for us because you've um, bought Christmas cards. I said, I have been donating for 10 years. They didn't even know your name. I'm glad that my donation makes such a difference and I'm written down somewhere. So you cancelled it? No, I cancelled it after they'd phoned me three times in a week with the same thing. And I said, look, you're spending a lot of money on these phone calls. Save yourself some money. If you call me again, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to cancel because I'm only giving you a certain amount and you're spending it all on phone calls to me. Oh, no. Maybe the smaller charity is a way forward. I wouldn't have even listened to Michael's story. I'm too nice. I wouldn't have listened to... I wouldn't want someone someone to phone me up in the privacy of my own home and tell me a story about a starving child somewhere. I know it goes on. Don't bring it into my house. Is that harsh? A little. Kelly? Um, one time, a chugger... I'm going to regret this, ...gave me a cuddle and said, oh, come on, let's have a hug. So I thought, oh, OK, I'll give you a hug. And then um, he said, I'm raising money for a blind charity. Um, have you got time to start filling this form? And I said, no, I'm so sorry, I've got to go to work. And he went, oh, the person that I'm raising money for wouldn't be able to see your work. And I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> That's outrageous. Can't be like that. <laughs> Isn't it outrageous? That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Thank you very much for that. Of course, I'm not suggesting we, we throw chuggers under buses. I'm just saying they deserve it. I'm not saying we do it. 08459 455 555. What, what's put you off charities? Is it the annoying phone calls? Is it... To, if, if anyone knocks on my door, short shrift, really, seriously, no, no thank you. And they are generally out-of-work um, drama students, aren't they? Those are the kind of people. The phone calls, never sign up to anything that it c- comes from a, 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 an unsolicited phone call or a knock at the door. 08459 455 555. What puts you off charities? Um, we've got some texts here, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Um, I, don't, I don't get this one from Dave. I give to the PDSA charity, which is an animal charity... But the RSPCA? No way. Why, Dave? Why? Tell us why. What, what, what's the goss on the RSPCA? 
Uh, and Johnny says, I stopped donating to... Oh, we've done that one from Johnny. Thank you very much. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. What turned you off from charities? This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound has two lanes blocked between 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes after an accident. Long queues building up on the approach there. Also slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. The N25 anti-clockwise now queuing between 22 for St Albans and 16 for the M40. The A1M southbound also queuing between Junction 10 for Baldock and 7 for Stevenage. The A4146 is reportedly closed between Dagnall and Hunnell Turn after an accident. The A414 also closed between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. Here, have a listen to this tweet, this tweet I've got from Paul. Ian, I'm not listening to your show. I've got better things to do. But I thought you'd like to know, there's another car stuck on the busway. Buses are backed up behind, and in the queue, there's a builder's van driving up the busway. I smugly cycled past. A car and a builder's van? Oh, sir, you spoil us. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. St Albans MP Anne Main is calling for the Environment Agency to investigate claims that new plans for a recycling site next to the M1 have links to its former operators. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. It follows thousands of job cuts across Europe by their parent company, which will mean over 400 job losses in this country. And world leaders past and present are joining at least 80 thousand South Africans at a stadium in Johannesburg this morning for a memorial service in honour of Nelson Mandela. David Cameron, John Major, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown are among the guests. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Senior figures from five leading sports have been asked to attend a government summit later today following allegations that professional footballers were willing to take bribes in return for getting booked or sent off from Westminster Adam Fleming. At relatively short notice, the Culture Secretary Maria Miller has summoned the bosses of the governing bodies of football, rugby, cricket and horse racing along with the Gambling Commission to her office in Whitehall. She's said to be deeply concerned by recent media reports about alleged Match fixing. It's not thought that individual cases will be discussed. Instead, the summit will focus on the systems each sport has in place to ensure fair play. Stevenage can move a step closer to a Wembley final tonight as they travel to Swindon in the Southern Area semi-final of the Football League trophy. The Borough lost to Swindon in August in the league, but come into this game off the back of Saturday's FA Cup win. And winger Luke Freeman says they need to prepare well. We're not taking nothing for granted. There's a lot to work on in a short space of time, so it's all about recovery well as best as you can um, and learning from our mistakes and, and doing doing whatever we can or making sure we're, we're ready for Tuesday night. And there's commentary on Stevenage at Swindon on tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. In last night's Premier League match, Swansea and Hull drew one all. Both Manchester clubs are in Champions League action this evening, having already qualified for the knockout stages. United host Shakhtar Donetsk, City are away to Bayern Munich. And Formula One is to award double points at the final race of the season from 2014 in an attempt to heighten interest in the world 
World Championship. It follows this season's domination by Milton Keynes Red Bull driver Sebastian Vettel. Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So with the revelations that uh, Comic Relief possibly invest some of their money, it'll be on the TV tonight, all of this, you can uh, watch it properly, invest some of their money in the arms trade and in tobacco industries, does that change your thoughts on them? Surely they need to get the best return on their money. So does does it not make sense? for them to do that. Has that turned you off them? And what's turned you off charity? 08459 455 555. Maybe you are a regular contributor, but the chuggers or the phone calls or something you read just forced you to stop. Maybe you stopped contributing just because you can't afford it anymore. 08459 455 555. I'm I'm not signed up to a monthly direct debit or anything like that. Occasionally I'll put a few quid uh, in uh, someone's pot if they're shaking a pot in the street and I like what they're shaking the pot for. Every now and then I'll do a little bit more. 08459 455 555. Carly's in Cambridge. Morning, Carly. Good morning. Carly, have you been turned off by charity? Yes, um, I was, after watching um, a programme with quite a well-known children's charity... I started uh, set up a direct debit for ten pounds a month. Yeah. Um, to which I then got about three phone calls a day. Oh. Um, and I finally answered the phone call from this the number that I didn't uh, recognise, and it was a gentleman, and he said, "Like we'd just like to thank you so much for your kind donation every month. It really means a lot." This oh, that's nice. Your money. Yeah. So I was like, "That's really kind that you've like phoned to say thank you." And he was like, "But if you just gave us that little bit more money oh, every month, no, we'd be able to do some more." And I was like, "No, no, I'm I'm sad with it." <laughs> a tenner <laughs> a month is is pretty good going, I think. Yeah, that, well, that's what I thought. <laughs> and did you did you cancel it there and then? Um, well, after being harassed by phone calls. Um, I cancelled the direct debit and send it to another charity now. And did you let them know that's why you were doing it? I, I did, yes. I wrote an email to say that I um, I cancelled because of the phone calls, the non-stop phone calls, and them asking me for more money. That is really cheeky. A tenner a month is, is a fair crack, I think. And to phone up and say, yeah, that's great, but you could, hey, you could save two children if you get, just gave us £20 a month. That's, yeah. that's particularly cold and callous, isn't it? It is, yeah. Carly, I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. They are very cheeky, these charities, aren't they? And they have to be. They have to be, because I would imagine that since the uh, recession, that donations to charities have fallen and they've got to get money whichever way they can. But those chuggers on the street, they're getting paid wages. They'll be hired out by an agency and they'll be getting paid. So a certain percentage of the money you give to them will be paying their wages. Does anybody ever sign up to the charity muggers in the street? If you don't know the term chuggers, these are these um, enthusiastic young people. They're normally very attractive men or very attractive women. And hey, guess what? The very attractive women approach the blokes and the very attractive men approach the girls. And they make it so charming and oh, it's great to see you. Gosh, you're looking so good. I was just wondering if you could give us your bank details. Has, Has anybody ever? Obviously people must do, otherwise they wouldn't bother spending money on hiring these chuggers. But 
why... If you've given money to to uh, someone in the street with a clipboard, 08459 455 555, and when I say given money, I mean given them your bank details. Giving your bank details to a stranger... And then when someone knocks on the door, uh, I'm lucky because I, I can normally open the door whilst holding a child. I, I, yeah, I'd love to. I can't because um, bec- I've, got the ch- I've got the children with me. Come back later. No, no, don't come back later. 08459 555 on uh, Facebook. Gary says, I never have never given to comic relief and never will. The people don't see much of it. Think of the millions they're meant to have had, but they're still starving. Well... Yes. John's in Milton Keynes. Morning, John. Good morning, Ian. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, John. Have you been turned off by charity? Yeah, you know what really annoys me most? I think that really gets up my nose. It's when they come round to your house, they do it in, in, at, uh, so when you're having your meal in the evening, come and disturb you, and they give you the guilt trip as well. Sort of tell you, and they, they sort of come and tell you how rich you are, how, how well off you are, and how poor everyone else is. And they all seem to send around a really young, pretty girl or a really old man to sort of do it, so that you'll feel guilty for not giving them any money. Yeah, the door-to-door one is normally a young, pretty girl. You're right. Yeah, it's normally a young, pretty girl. And, and uh, I, th- I remember one time, uh, she, she came with a little, you know, the little sort of laminated badge with a little panda on there? Yes. You know, she came, yeah, she, she came with that. And um, she said to me, you know, they start off with, with all the small talk. She, she sort of said to me, I really l- like your car. I'm like, OK. And then, <laughs> nice and car, she, John. Yeah, yeah. And then she sort of said, um... Hmm, how fast does it go? Uh, and I said, well, jump in, I'll jump in, you'll find out. Sweet, right? smooth talker. Yeah. So, and uh, there was another incident last why, time. Why was, was she asking, why was she asking about how fast your car goes? Well, it's just, uh, what, what they try and do, they, they, they try to win you around, don't they, with, with all the small oh, I thought she was going to link it in with, like, a panther or a puma or something, and say, well, a, a puma can go as fast as that, but I'm afraid if, if we don't get some more money, then pumas won't be able yeah. to go anywhere within exactly, the next yeah. few years. And, yeah, they, they, they all sort of, they give you the guilt trip, and I remember last summer too, um, Ian, there was a guy who turned up, he looked like a beach bum. He wore like his, he wore like, you know, like them beach shorts and, and like um, boat shoes and all that. He looked like he was going to hit the beach. He right? didn't have white dreads, did he? Oh, well, he had, he had like, um, sort of like a mousy brown sort of like, like, like he looked like a surfer. Yeah, yeah. Surfer. I know. And he turned right. up and he wore like, the, you know, like the um, really expensive sunglasses. I won't mention the brand, but really expensive sunglasses. Yeah. He gave me the guilt trip. Were they, were they Ray-Bans? I think they were Ray-Bans, okay. yeah. I think they were Ray-Bans okay. or, or Okies or something like that. Okay. Maybe Okies, yeah. Okies, right. Well. Like, giving me the guilt trip about how, how nice my house is and all the rest of it. And after listening to him for five minutes, I said, well, you see those sunglasses you're wearing? I said, they must be worth between 100 and 300 pounds. Why don't you give those to charity, sell them, and then buy yourself another pair for a fiver at the petrol station? You totally That's owned what? him. You totally yeah. owned him, totally John. Totally owned him. Totally owned him. So, but you, so now I, what I resort... I'm surprised I was, that you even listened to them for that long. I just, uh, yeah, well, no thanks, and shut the door. Yeah, no, but I like to, I like to, the way I see it, Ian, they come along to waste my time, so I waste their time instead. Oh, you're, you're cold. You've got a cold head. You know, and I'm going to have a sign up in the front of my house, um, maybe this, uh, this summer coming, that's going to say no cold callers, no charity workers or anything coming to my house. Oh. John, thank you very much indeed. Interesting he mentioned that. I noticed about two years ago that the Jehovah's Witnesses, they, st- they started getting really hot. They were really attractive Jehovah's Witnesses girls going around, which I always thought, because with the greatest respect, I always thought they were a little bit plain before, but or quite mumsy. But they were sending hot girls around to knock on doors and talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't mind a chat with, I don't, I don't mind a chat with the Jehovah's Witnesses before or after the hot girls. I quite like having a little chat with them. I won't invite them in. 
And um, I, I don't take the literature because that means that's basically them coming back. They'll be back. They won't let you go. But I like a little chat with them. But the charities, I'm not sure. Akbar's in Luton. Morning, Akbar. Oh, good morning, Ian. Have you been put uh, off by cha- put off charities? Yes, to an extent. Uh, uh, but uh, my culture and my religion, uh, religion in, a, in a way directs me uh, towards uh, making contribution towards uh, good causes of uh, any any kind. But there is lots of corruption out there within within charities and particularly within uh, Muslim charities. And uh, I'm not very comfortable with it. Oh. And uh, matters have been raised with the Charity Commission, but uh, they don't want to disturb voters. Um, they, they, they just just fall you off. Um, Without or, mentioning or, any charity names, Akbar, what kind of corruption are we talking about? Well, we are talking about uh, corruption where members of uh, uh, one family uh, are the be- total beneficiaries of the whole exercise. Oh. Uh, and, and where the, 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 the matters of the charity are managed and governed by uh, the members of one family. And they raise money in the name of uh, um, in, in the name of goodness and uh, and welfare for the community, and, uh, and where that money ends up, uh, uh, I have uh, um, information that that uh, money goes uh, uh, to, towards friends and families, uh, oh. and and uh, and that's where it ends up. And there is no accountability. There is no accountability. And if you raise it with the commission, they just uh, don't want to know. And uh, that uh, that is very sad because uh, Muslim people are in general um, very good at contributing towards the causes uh, of good nature. Well, I, th- I think that, that the majority of people are, are, are very good at, and kind-hearted and generous when it when it comes down to it. And so not necessarily ju- just Muslim people. I think everyone is. But if we're learning that that there is corruption, as you say, in some of these small charities, and that maybe comic relief is investing in arms, mm-hmm. then, then it, we could. What else is going on in the other charities? There might be going in lots and lots of things because the I mean you can you can anybody can go out and set up a charity right I mean it's 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 very easy and very little sort of legal advice you need to 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 do so and there are loads of lawyers in 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 the high street who would who would set up a charity for a fifty pound sort of contribution and and a fee but I think the primary purpose of all charities should always remain the the welfare of the of the people for um, of, of of the humanity exactly akbar thank you very much uh, linda's text in i've gone off of charities after i discovered my elderly mum was sending checks between 50 pounds and 100 pounds a month to different charities after they sent begging letters through her door this had been going on for years After investigating further, I found out she'd several direct debits to charities too. Stern emails were sent, but the letters still come through. Stella's in Langford. Uh, Stella, have you been uh, uh, turned off of charities? Uh, Only just because I did the uh, big coffee cup morning uh, for a few years. And um, uh, we did between four, five, six hundred pounds on the day. And uh, then they ring you and ask you, can you see your way to... Uh, donating something each month. Uh, oh, really? Really. So, what was? The, remind me what the big coffee cup mornings f- were for. Well, it's for the uh, the Macmillan big That's coffee it, of course cup, it and is. I do think it's a brilliant thing, you know, and I do think it's it's excellent. But on the other hand, um, they're going for people that are already donating. Yeah. 
So um, you're donating 500, 600 quid well, a year. And they... Well, that was it, yes. That's from my coffee cup morning. And then they want more. And then they, you know, then they ring you and say, can you... And I just said, well, don't you think what I do is, is enough, you know? And they, obviously it's not. Mm. And uh, they said, oh, yes, yes, it's brilliant, it's brilliant. But, but, but how did that make you feel, Stella? Well, I was just a bit cross and I just stopped doing it. Mm. So, so they've, they, they've, they've lost out because lost of their, their keenness. Now, do you think I know they've got to do these things yes. because, I mean, you sit back and, I mean, I, I give to various other things, you know, and different things, but um, they just have lost out. So. I wonder how much the actual charity is aware this goes on because Macmillan, is, it, they do some incredible work and, you know, if you've had your t- lives touched by Macmillan, you'll know how good they are. I wonder if, how much the charity knows or whether this is, one of, they, they've just hired it out to an agency who perhaps don't have the concern and feeling that the charity itself might have. I don't know, but whatever they did, they did it wrong. It didn't you work. know, absolutely it didn't work for me. And uh, I mean we put a lot of work into doing that and uh, and earning that money for them. Mm. And however, there you go. Stella, I appreciate your call. You do have to think is it it, it can't it can't be the bods in the charity. They, they can't be aware of this. They must hire this out to an agency, like a call centre or something, surely. And it must be those, you know, out-of-work actors reading from a script that are doing that. 08459 455 555. If you've ever been a chugger or if you've ever worked on the phone line for a charity, give me a call, let me know how it works. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, the lanes have reopened after an accident between 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes. There are still queues back to Junction 15A, though, and into Northampton. The M1 southbound slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead as well. The M25 anti-clockwise queuing between 22 for St Albans and 16 for the M40. And the A1M southbound is queuing because of the uh, fog between 10 for Baldock and 7 for Stevenage. The A414 closed in both directions between Hartford and Welling Garden City after an accident and the A5 is partially blocked near the Caddington turn by an accident. Public transport has no reported problems. This is Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thanks very much. Quick email from Anne in Hitchin. I hate the charities which phone with the intention of persuading me to donate by using emotional blackmail. I once had a call from a cancer charity describing in great detail the suffering of cancer patients and telling me how awful it would be if I couldn't relieve their suffering. As I was at the time out of work and had lost two grandparents to cancer, this was extremely distressing. I'd previously given money to that particular charity, but never since. Do give us your calls on that, 08459 455555. It's 8.47, it's Tuesday the 10th of December. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. St Albans MP Anne Main is calling for the Environment Agency to investigate claims that new plans for a recycling site next to the M1 have links to its former operators. It comes a year on from a major fire at the Apspond Lane site. Hertfordshire Euro MP Richard Howitt says he has personal assurances from space company Astrium that their Stevenage plant remains at the heart of growth plans. And in sport, senior figures from five leading sports have been asked to attend a government summit later today following allegations that professional footballers were willing to take bribes in return for getting booked or sent off. More of your calls on charity in a minute, but before that, let's get the weather. Here's Kate Kinsella. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. There's still a lot of mist and fog around this morning. Fairly dense in some places as well. It's taking its time to lift out of the way, but it will eventually, and when it does, it will lift first into cloud, but that's going to break. We'll get some bright spells and there may be some sunshine this afternoon as well. Temperatures getting up to around 8 Celsius, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, we've still got some cloud, but it again will thin and break. That's going to allow the mist and fog to reform. Again, quite thick and a little more widespread perhaps than last night, so more of us will be affected tomorrow morning. But also under the clearing sky, the temperature's going to drop right down as well. For most of us, around zero, maybe a touch below, so many of us scraping ice off our windscreens tomorrow morning. So first thing tomorrow, murky and misty again. It's going to be quite slow to clear this fog tomorrow, but once it does, it's an improving picture. Increasingly sunny, more blue sky. Actually, by the end of tomorrow afternoon, it could feel quite pleasant. The maximum similar to today, but there'll be more sunshine. It's 8 Celsius, 46 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... Going from the same to, to Bond was rather like a diamond being put into a much more expensive, intricate setting. I believe women have affairs because they seek love and affirmation. So, you know, my marriage went wrong and I had an affair, but I would not have done that had I not been unhappy, I think. I left school wanting to be a magician, but my mother wouldn't let me because my auntie Maureen was in show business and she was a naughty lady. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So what's turned you off of charities? Ruth's in Luton. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Ian. Uh, have you been turned off charities? Um, yeah, I used to belong to the RSPCA. Um, only a small donation per month, but then they kept sending letters for more and one thing and another, and then I heard through someone that they have all these big corporate dues and one thing and another, and then they send you silly things that could be going towards the actual charity, so I come out of that. How, can I, I ask, how much were you do- giving a month? Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Only about four pounds. But you say, you say that's not a lot. I mean, that's still... It's, it's still a significant amount, yeah, I think. Yeah, and then they're sending you stuff I call silly things, whereas I donate to a local animal charity, Animals at Risk, in Stopsley, and they're a couple, and they do really good work with animals. Maybe, maybe this is the way forward. Then maybe the, you know the people will be moving away from these big corporation yeah. charities to the smaller local yeah. ones where they can actually see yeah. where their money's well, you going. Can. And I only get one newsletter per year, which I've just had, yeah. and that's all you get. And then they stand outside the different supermarkets at Christmas and stuff, sort of, you know, for that. And they have helpers and stuff. I think they got one sort of local in Caddington, a little mm. offshoot, but they are just a couple. And I think they do really good work. So it's I, sad, I isn't it, that them. some of these bigger charities are, are scaring people away by, by kind of well, losing the humanity, it yeah. seems. So if you're giving four quid a month, that's brilliant. To then get in touch and say, oh, could we have a little bit more? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's just cheeky, isn't it? It is cheeky. And they never, ever do that, Ian. Mm. They send a newsletter... And that is it. And we just a little bit of information and stuff like that. But they never, ever do that. Ruth, thank you very much. 08459 455 555. Victoria's in Stockford. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, I've got a little story for you, re-charity, um, door knockers. Um, I, like the previous lady, donate to a few local charities. Yeah. So if anyone knocks on the door, I tend to say, no, thank you. Um... But my husband is too nice to say no. Oh. And he tends... Well, the last one that came around, he invited in, sat him down, gave him a cup of tea, and um, proceeded to fill out a form for a direct debit, but gave him false details. Oh, no. 
because he was by that point too embarrassed to say no I don't want to anymore and um, the poor chap rang us five or six times a day for the next two weeks saying oh sir um, I think you've uh, made a mistake on your direct debit details and um, my husband refused to answer the phone to him because he was so embarrassed what a coward <laughs> your husband's awful Victoria He's just too nice. But he's too, he's too. He's so nice. He lied to a charity worker. That guy <laughs> thought he, he could go home early. The amount of money your husband was going to oh. give, and he was a liar. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Did, did did you kind of have to put this gentleman the right in the end? Chat came and knocked on the door, oh, and I no. answered it and said, "You know, I I think my husband's changed his mind." Oh no. <laughs> Dreadful, really, isn't it? Did you know what? The reason I'm I'm kind of getting angry with your husband, it's the kind of thing that I would do. I would find myself (laughs) in that sort of Larry David situation where you're kind of... He got. He kept. He, he told us fib, and then he dug himself in, and he couldn't get out. Yeah. This is. So he just kept going. I will say that in with um, local uh, recent things with um, the disasters emergency committee and that with people giving money to. Uh, war trade companies and things like that. Yeah. The only one I give any money to is Doctors Without Borders. Right. Because they don't have the overhead um, and admin yeah. um, fees that other charities have. It goes straight. That's the, the thing. These, these big charities are very expensive to run. Victoria, thank you very much indeed. What a coward. What a cowardly husband, J Dog. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard it. And do you know what? A lot of other, a lot of other people listening, I'm sure, have been in a similar situation. Sometimes you, you lie once and the lie just gets bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. I, I, the, the, as I said, the reason I'm so disgusted with Victoria's husband is that I could, I could totally see myself being in that same situation. That's because you're hate, just a nice guy. I'm a nice guy, but then, I, yeah, I would lie to a charity worker. <laughs> now, Justin, we've been talking talking handbags this morning there's a, a list of the top 10 things that the queen has in her handbag how they know this i've got no idea mm. one of them includes a, a hook with a suction pad that she sticks under tables and hangs her bag on a crisp five pound note that she uh, puts in a, uh, the pot at uh, church i don't believe that no, uh, no other bits and pieces we asked you to uh, approach people and ask them what was in their handbags did anybody give you a slap uh, no slaps this oh. morning but of course uh, ian i have been in a very privileged position uh, going up to ladies this morning in Dunstable asking them what is inside their handbags and the majority of ladies were very responsive and we had some answers they often are with you Justin yes uh, here's what happened Ian well Claire here we go we've got your handbag which is rather large talk me through what's inside this handbag um, the general usual rubbish that us ladies carry around. I've got um, a 2013 and 2014 diary. Good for you. Um, some tissues, um, notepads, some mints, um, the compulsory minimal makeup, uh, my keys, my glasses, a nail file, uh, my phone, my hairbrush perfume, <laughs> my purse. And strangely enough, I always carry my digital camera on me because you never know when you need to take a picture. That's very, very true. Now, from what you just told me, it sounds like you're going away for a week somewhere. Oh, and I've got some Christmas cards in here as well. No, it's just compulsory things that us women need. I don't understand how you men can just get away with a wallet and keys. I generally have no idea. Well, of course, there are a lot of men who are walking around now with these man bags. True, that is very true. Um, well, but they still stupid. probably wouldn't carry as much stuff as what we do anyway. So, But yeah, that's that's my handbag, really. Well, it's been an interesting tour. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, editor, it's, it's a very personal question, but what's inside your handbag? Uh, in my handbag today, I've got a pair of jeans. Uh, hang on a second. You've got a pair of jeans in yeah. your handbag. Explain more. Uh, my son's got Christmas play. I'll have no chance to change, so I've got jeans in my bag. Anything else? What else is in your handbag? Uh, normal stuff. 
Nothing, nothing unusual. <laughs> right, Lorraine, talk me through it. The A to Z of your handbag. 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 Come on. Lego. Always Lego. There's always, even if it's just a tiny little bit of Lego, there'll Why always Lego? be Lego. Because my little 10-year-old loves Lego and he just ends up putting it in my handbag because he only loves it for so long until he gets something else. <laughs> um, there'll be tissues, there'll be baby wipes. Some of them will be used, some of them won't be used. Um, oh, antibacterial hand gel stuff. My things will be my purse, my keys, and my phone. Maybe my son's iPad. Um, and anything else we pick up along the way, really. I will be terrified to put that bag down because you've literally got everything in there. You must be always <laughs> looking over your shoulder. I've got a kitchen sink in there. <laughs> and I haven't got washing up liquids. Um, and I haven't... Oh, no, I would have rubber gloves in there as well, just like the little latex ones. Rubber gloves? Yeah, because... I just don't think case. I want to go there, John. No, I? you probably don't want to go there, actually. But you never know when they might come in handy. And if I've always got them, then I'll never need to use them. Fascinating conversation. Thank you very much. Take care. The thing no that, worries, Jim. No worries. The thing that, that reminds me there is my wife doesn't carry a bag very often. Uh, and it's pockets. It's pockets. No, Ian, she's could not you, normal. Could you put these in your pockets, Ian? So I've got, I've got her massive set of keys, her purse, uh, stuff for the kids are in my pockets. No, hang on a second, love. Yeah. I have made the decision to come out with pockets. You made the decision to come out without a bag. Yeah. I'm not carrying <laughs> your keys and your purse in my pockets. But why do women need to carry so much with them. That lady there saying, I don't know how you men get away with it. Well, because we're practical. That's how we get away with it. Yes. Very quickly, Justin, got a couple Mm. of tweets about um, uh, charities. Mm. Uh, Ian uh, has tweeted, when my wife pretended to go into labour the last time a cold caller came knocking, I've never seen anyone leave so fast. (laughs) And we're talking about chuggers. Yeah. And uh, Martin says, my line to the chuggers is, oh no, I've started it now. My line to the chuggers is always, sorry, love, I don't even stop for the fit ones. <sighs> Their response is rarely charitable. The problem with those chuggers is, you know, you may have a perception of a charity being a fantastic charity, but if you've got a salesman on the street and they're trying to sell you something, and it can be quite aggressive at times, yeah. your perception of that charity will change, unfortunately. I hate that thing where they follow you down the street. I've walked past you. I'm not interested. Jog on. Somebody said to me yesterday, you look like a nice guy. That was their opening line to try and get me to sign up to a charity. I just thought, what? Of course, your response to that should be uh, flipping them the bird and telling them to jog on. (laughs) Let's go on. Justin, thank you very much. Speak to you later on. Right, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound still struggling after that earlier accident between 15 for Northampton and 14 for Milton Keynes. Queues going back to 15A and into Northampton there. Southbound looking slow between 11 for Dunstable Road and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. In Luton, Airport Way by Lower Hampton Road is part blocked following an accident. That's with, um, we've heard from Paul on that. Thank you for letting us know. And there are queues backing up behind that. The A1M southbound queuing because of the fog between 10 for Baldock and 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Excellent stuff this morning. Do you have any pictures of the uh, car and the builder's van driving up the busway, causing a huge backlog? Could you email them in? Ian.ly at bbc.co.uk. JVS up next until tomorrow at six from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, how are house prices affecting your family? The Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors say house prices...